Right, welcome back to another Ours Not Yours podcast episode number 11. We, in today's episode, we will be interviewing and chatting with CEO and LGBTQ plus columnist Heather Patterson. Um, she will be here um, shortly, but yeah. in the meantime, we're just going to do our usual and have a chat, um, have a mini catch-up, considering it's only been, like, probably four days. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, since the last time we spoke. Um, but, yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's just been usual, really. Um, yeah. Keep I mental health at bay or trying to um dealing with the occasional um arseholes um you know someone someone misgendering a gay man thinking he's a woman <laughs> thankfully it's not no, thankfully, no. Th- yeah, thankfully it's not me but no, <laughs> someone else this time. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll be um, this is... having, having fun dealing with that. Yeah. I'm... Um... I'm back on Twitch. I'm back on my regular account on Twitter, so that's happened. Uh, other than that, I don't... Uh, I got it back today. Uh, but other than that, like, I, the weekend's been great, I think. I was at a dinner party like friday and then i was at a party party saturday and and i and i think one of the people i met there kind of started like believing i was a god because the way i spoke about reality and shit um which is i mean it, it fits my brand of narcissism well uh but it was it was nice. Uh, yesterday my boyfriend was here, and he left earlier today, so that was nice. But uh, other than that, I don't really not much. Happy. Yeah, it's been. I'm waiting. Really... I'm waiting for the like. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no more. I'm waiting for the kind of like uh, sort of. Um, uh, God, I can barely think. I'm waiting for the festival season to start because I'm really looking forward to like going to festivals again and doing that shit. But um, other than that, I don't know. I miss going to shows. I miss. I miss being. I miss being at shows. Yeah, I. I can't really remember the last show, like going to a theatre or going to a cinema was. I said, no, wait a minute. That's why I did. The last film I saw at the cinema, that was actually actually worth watching, was the last Planet of the Apes film. Oh, like the, the new... Of the new ones, yeah, 
They were good. Yeah. good. I don't remember if I actually saw the third one, though, but uh, I saw the first two. I know that, and they were stellar films. I saw, uh, for, I saw Dawn for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And I've yeah, seen that... War of the Worlds, Planet of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I have, I have like that... I have like a box set with all the um, uh, like all the classic ones. Uh, oh yeah, somewhere over there. Uh, but yeah. uh, but uh, what's what's funny is that like I, I counted it actually because on the cover there's the like Statue of Liberty uh, oh, image, wow. which I think is kind of weird to put on the cover because it's just a massive fucking spoiler i know that a film is like i i don't think that i don't think we should like not talk about it uh, because then people will be spoiled like yeah the film is 50 years old or whatever you should have seen it by now if you want to but yeah. i do kind of think it's a weird marketing tactic to put a spoiler at the like on the cover um yeah it is and, yeah, and then i yeah, it was also it was also the image on the disc. It was on the booklet. Uh, it was three times inside the box, and then it was on the menu of the first film. So it was like seven or eight times shown. Just spoiled the ending of the film, which is fucking wonderful. It's yeah, like, I do got... you know what the shine? Do you know what the Chinese uh, name for the title for? I, I'm going to say preface this by saying that this might be. Uh, myth, but what I've heard. Do you know what this uh, Chinese title for Sixth Sense is? Translates to mm. in English? No. He's a ghost. That might be erroneous. I don't know. I didn't recheck it right now, but last time I checked, I, that was actually it. It might have been a joke, but I don't think so. Uh, and okay. like, there are I... there are very weird titles, like Night of the Hunter yeah, in Sweden. Uh, Night of the Hunter, the Swedish title for Night of the Hunter, uh, which is a great film by the way, uh, literally tells you where the money is hidden. Like it's named after where the money is hidden, and I'm not going to say which what it is, but like um, yeah, what what will give, 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 give away the plot immediately? Oh yeah, guys, we're where the money is like. Okay, <laughs> that's the sort of that's so, that's the sort of thing I'd expect in a crap in a crap movie that no that doesn't know anything about how to plot a script. Yeah, yeah. One yeah, of my favorite it's, titles. It's really weird. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. But fifty, that you know, that's how they used to do it. Like, I mean, speaking yeah. of the old classics, yeah, eight films. I've seen them. Like I've seen the original Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, like the last, the last good film I saw at the cinema was obviously War for a Planet of the Apes, amazing film. Yeah. yeah. Then I saw the new Lion King, the live animation yeah. one, awful. Uh, um, I'm one of the ones who, yeah. <laughs> this is really funny though because like. 
And this isn't because I like the new Lion King. It's because I absolutely fucking hate the Lion King. Um, I prefer the new one. Uh, but that's just because, like, uh, I'm... and uh, There's no way of me coming out good when I say this, but I've always rooted for Scar in the old movie. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's kind of... I think yeah, it's kind well, of dickish. Of, he, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. No, it's, I was just going to say that speaking of Scar... There's a new Lion King film coming out. Oh, Mufasa, but this, but, whatever. But this, yeah, but this time it's from the perspective of um, Scar. That, that, I can get behind that one. Yeah, I don't saying, know what it's called. Yeah, basically, I haven't seen the trailer, but basically from what I've gathered is that Mufasa that in this Lion, version of the Lion King. Yeah. Mufasa was never the king. It was in fact Scar. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. So, so forgive me if I'm getting something some things wrong here. But that's what this new new film is about. It's that's... a show that Scar was actually the true king, not Mufasa. Oh. Uh, I don't know what I, I, know. I feel about yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I, I feel about it. that one. But I, I, yeah. I really didn't like what they did with Maleficent, so uh, I'm kind of scared that it will be that one. Like, this uh, really because controversial. I love. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I saw Maleficent. I've seen the cartoon version and I've seen the film version. Like I'm yeah. sorry, but not for me. I'm not a ma- and yeah. I'm not a massive Angelina Jolie fan. I'm just gonna put oh. it out there. Yeah. Right. Plus me also neither. in the Maleficent films, they fucked up the storyline. Oh yeah. In certain parts. Like major majorly, like brutally yeah. fucked it up. And uh, I love, uh, like, uh, Sleeping Beauty is actually my favorite Disney film of all time, and one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, I think it's absolutely beautiful, and then, like, an, an art- artistic uh, uh, fucking masterpiece. Uh, because of, like, the aesthetics and how the <laughs> all of the events are tied to the soundtrack, like, the when the big booms happen, that's when there's thunder yeah. and stuff, which is... It, it's more artistic than the usual Disney shit, and then they make just this garden variety fucking bullshit out of Maleficent and make her good, which like, she's the only Disney villain that actually uh, calls upon uh, all the powers of hell to get her power. She does that in the old version, which is fucking badass. And now she's like, uh, honestly, they treat her like a, they treat it kind of like a rape and revenge film. Because she gets a wings cut off in what is absolutely shot as a rape scene, uh, which is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, you know, not a pan. Yeah. The Sleeping sleepy Beauty is like, I've watched that many times, the Disney version that is, yeah. and it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. But it is problematic. Oh, if, yeah. you actually, if you actually look into it, it's actually problematic because there was a recent debate over like the age of the of the girl. Because yeah. apparently in the in the in the Disney version, the Sleeping Beauty is probably between 
what, probably uh, 14? Uh, she's, uh, she's picked, she picks a finger on the 16th birthday in the Disney film, at least. So yeah, she's but, uh, pretty much exactly 16. Yeah. But if you read the actual Sleeping Beauty, oh, like, yeah. it's really problematic. So uh, Disney is not known for, you know, doing things properly. Like they, But in terms of the new Lion King film, it's just a Disney cash grab at this point. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely. what it is. I did. Like, uh, what I, I really, really like the Jungle Book, though, the, the new version, the live-action version of the Jungle Book, because it... It captured Kipling's story really well, I find. Uh, like I'm, I'm a, I like the Jungle Book, like the book, the book that is the Jungle Book, the novel. Uh, I like that one. And um, uh, he never goes to like, because in the book, uh, Kipling gets that he could never survive in the human village because he has been in the jungle for his entire life. He's fucking rabid, like yeah. he's not rabid, but you know, uh, the other word yeah. for that one. Uh, but I can he's been he's been raised by wolves essentially. Exactly, like so, literally been raised by wolf. yeah. <laughs> wolves. Hence, so, hence the um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, he's not going to like. And in the book and in the new movie, he stays in the jungle because that is his true home. Um, I always found it weird how uh, uh, the the old cartoon Disney movie, which I like, it's good, um, but. How they kind of give Shere Khan the correct in that one by having him actually go to the human village in the end, like oh, so the tiger was right then, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's like it's just you know. At this point, I'd rather like read either read a good book. Or if I was to watch yeah. anything Disney, I'd put I would probably watch some old animated films from childhood. Like I loved the Lion King growing up, the animated yeah. series. Yeah. The live action, like I um, like, within five within yeah. five minutes of that film, I was like, What the why the fuck did I come here for? Like I wanted to leave. But I've got to be yeah. honest, I've got to pass a certain point where you know what I can't be asked. Oh, I might as well just stay here because I paid like twelve pounds for it, which is expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, because you can because you can easily spend upwards of thirty, thirty pounds if you were to buy a ticket plus buy drinks and that. So it's like, yeah, like, it's like cinema's gone like prices for cinema has gone so fucking through the roof, I'm losing my mind. Um, yeah. last film I went to see was Evil Dead Rice, I think. Also, Pan. I don't remember if I saw saw Pan in the theater or not. I might have seen I've, it at home. I might have warranted it. I've I've seen them films. Um, yeah. Those film. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. It might just be me. But whenever I watch them films, they just make they just yeah. make me laugh. Because it's like, are you serious? That's scary. Yeah. Like it's the same trope over and over again. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, it's the same trope. Oh, let, guess, oh, yeah. look who's back. Halloween. Like I like Halloween. 
but yeah, he's got to be stupid. I love, I, I love, like, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the like third Halloween movie where they just kind of fucks off with Michael Myers entirely, and it's just about like kind of. I don't remember what his name is. Colonel Colonel Cochrane, I think his name is, who makes like evil masks that kill children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Halloween three, season of the witch. I can deep uh, actually like it's a great Halloween film. Like a uh, uh, film to watch at Halloween. You just kind of have to drop the Halloween from the title because he wanted it to be an anthology series, but they wanted Michael Myers to be going. Yeah. Sorry, like, I ended I was... up in my nerd nerd place. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I'm sorry. But like <clears throat> there's only there's only so many times you can milk the same trope in a film. Like I get it, like, you know, sometimes do you have to use some older tropes to make a, a film really work, depending on depending on the niche or the genre. But come on. Like seriously, no, like well, I mean, look at Jason. Same flipping thing. The only thing oh, that I've been with Jason. Mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking. Uh, the only thing that I'm pissed about with Jason is that they ended the fucking series on the 12th film. It's Friday the 13th and you have 12 films. Just make the last one. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, yeah, but like... I'm, 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 a, I'm a big Jason fan. Uh, I love. Look, I know that it's not. I'm not pretending like they're high art or anything, but when it's fun, it's fucking fun. But yeah, it's absolutely not scary. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, listen. I love the, I love a good thrasher film now and then. Yeah. Or a film, you know, campy, campy film, whatever you want to call it. I'm all for yeah. it, but like, come on, seriously, don't you have, don't you have better writers? Surely there's better material out there that you can use instead of utilizing the same trope for the last 20 fucking years. Yeah. Like, like if you watch some of the, uh, I, I can, like, if anybody want to watch some, like, great fucking 80s slashers, uh, don't watch the ones that are really famous. Don't watch, like, uh, like, I love Friday the 13th and Halloween and Friday, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and all that, but they're all kind of, like, they, they're done. Uh, if you want to watch something really fucking good, like Sleepaway Camp and the the burning and stuff like that, is way more uh, interesting. Uh, in the burning, you actually get to see like Jason Alexander in a really early role, like from uh, George from uh, Seinfeld, oh. when when he still had hair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's that it's he's it's that young. Um, not to like. But uh, I, I, that was weird because I have like face facial blindness. I don't recognize faces, uh, and it was weird because I was watching that and it's like I remember I recognized that voice so fucking much, but I couldn't place him until like uh, my then girlfriend pointed out that like yeah, that's George Costanza from Seinfeld. And I was like, oh, that's why I recognize the voice um, because yeah, I couldn't recognize I'm, the fucking face. Yeah, I'm like that. To a certain to a certain extent. Like I'll remember yeah. voices. Like if I hear a voice, I can usually ping a name to it, but I usually have to find see something like visually to 
you know, catch on. But it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, that's um, movies for you, I guess. Like, yeah, if there's an audience, uh, they're going to keep seeing it regardless. So, hey. Yeah, I, 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 we had like a weirdly good Swedish slasher earlier at the conference. I think it's, I don't know if that's what it's called in English, but it's called Konferansen in Swedish. So I just translated quickly. Uh, that was fun, but it was still just like it was a slasher film. We just knew what it was, so we'd had fun with it. Uh, yeah, I've always you... wanted to make a home invasion movie myself. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen films like that type, and it's like, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a film called, um, oh, what was it, Cloverfield? Yeah, I watched. I, I watched that, and I was like, I could see the concept they were going for, but yeah. again, it's like, it isn't. It didn't really do anything for me. No, I, mean, that one didn't I, do any... I think I, I think I saw that one in the cinemas. Actually, I don't remember. It came out a long time ago, but I think I saw it in the cinemas. I think I was actually sh fucking like proper pissed, like really fucking drunk when I saw it, which wasn't <clears> great because it's like shaky cam the movie. Uh, it makes the Blair Witch Project look cool in its cinematography. Uh, yeah. but uh, so I don't really remember, and I think I was like 16 at the time when that, that film came out. But that's a good point you bring up because you know, not that I'm not that I'm condoning that, not that I'm suggesting you should get drunk towards the film, but there are certain films that if you are a bit tipsy or a bit inebriated, want to a better bird, yeah. it makes a crap film even better. Because you're like, oh, oh yeah. Because you're because you're fucking high or drunk, so of course it's yeah. gonna be funny. <laughs> That's the only thing that I kind of sometimes miss. Uh, that that I quit drinking, like I can, I can miss that one, like getting drunk and watching shitty films. However, uh, the last times I've gotten like even a slightly inebriated, I've felt like absolute shit. So I think I <laughs> might just stick to. I think I might stick to the narcotics. For the future, and like getting stoned and watching film is fucking fantastic. I just suck at weed, so I get I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. There's been a few times where I may have got gotten tipsy, maybe mm -hmm. drunk at a push to to watch a film that you know I normally wouldn't. What you know, I've done that more than more yeah. than once. But yeah, it's like, but in terms of seeing movies, like I can't be asked. Like I do when I see the new um, Apes film that is coming out this yeah. year. I do want to see. I do want to see that. But apart from that, I don't want to go. I don't want to see anything else. Oh, uh, I. I've been so bad at going to the cinema, but I've like last year I saw fewer releases than I had in years, uh, like fewer new releases. Uh, I think I only saw like, and this is going to sound a lot to people who don't 
see many films, but I think I only saw like a hundred films last year or something. Um, because I'm cataloging them, I'm I'm writing down every new film that I see. Yeah, I think I've been doing that. Since like yeah, you see, I think in I think in my lifetime. I've only probably seen yep. probably say twelve films at the cinema. Yeah. At a push. Yeah. Because I'm not because like don't get me wrong, I look I like to watch films, but I'm not an avid film goer. So I only so oh. it's very rare that I go to a cinema. Um, yeah, so and I get that. But, I used to go know. every week, like a few years back. Uh, I went to the, it was like my tradition, uh, not tradition, but like it, it was a routine I had. Like on uh, on Fridays, I went to the went on a date, and on Saturdays, I went uh, to the cinema, or sometimes the opposite. Yeah, um. Just um, so I'm gonna like yeah. uh, let me go on Twitter because um, Heather do, Heather does have a link. Could I please send her the link? Um, yeah. So I'm just wondering what's holding her oh. up. Um, yeah. Just gonna send you another message and uh I had that it's no is okay me and my bloody predictive test. Currently live mm-hmm. on the podcast, and we are wondering. Wait, I don't want to say we are waiting for you because that's a bit, a bit pushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Uh, live on a podcast and mm. we are wanting to know if you can still make it. Be- 
because she only has today and tomorrow available. So. Oh yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm free tomorrow if that happens. So just. Yeah, but obviously, I'm kind of hoping yeah. that. <clears throat> I mean, we. Oh, yeah. I mean, we. We. We are usually on till about at the hour mark anyway. So you'll see. So yeah. hopefully, she'll hop on, and then for the last half hour, or so we can have the interview. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. But in a brief, in brief news, let me, no, I don't want that one. Let me um, go there. No. Oops. Let me go back into my search. Saved. It's load. Um. Oh, God's sake. But pit news. Pit news. Let me click on it. Bring it up. So this was eighteen uh, eighteen hours ago. Swimmer Leah Thomas files legal dispute against World Aquatics anti-trans policies. Swimmer Leah Thomas has filed a legal dispute against the World Aquatics anti-trans policies which restrict trans swimmers eligibility for the Olympics. According to a 26th January report from the Telegraph, Thomas initially filed the dispute with the International Court of Arbitration for Sport, CAS in Switzerland last September. The dispute between the swimmer and the organisation was not immediately made public as CAS is confidential by default. Well, of course it would, because they're anti-trans. Her dispute addresses several recently introduced policies from World Aquatics, which would disqualify most trans women and intersex... I was... God Um, damn it. Athletes from international women's swimming events like the Olympics and the Swimming World Cup and require them to compete in the new open category. So, wait a minute, you don't want them to compete in a category where they're women and they will feel more, more safe, more safe in, and you want them to compete in an open category where they won't, where they won't be safe and there'll be more risk. Yeah. Make that make sense because it doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Uh, it makes sense when you realize they want to harm trans people. 
Yeah, exactly. As of, that's, of, the, the, as of, that's like the only way. Yeah. As of October 23rd, as of October 2023, sorry, this category was cancelled at the Swimming World Cup after no one signed up, but I'm not flipping surprised. Previously, <laughs> Trampolin could compete if their testosterone levels met the allotted requirements. But two yeah. years ago, the governing body voted to, voted to prevent trans women from competing in women's elite races if they had gone through any parts of puberty. So, uh, pretty much any trans woman. Yeah. Carlos Sayal, who is legally representing Thomas, told the outlet that the policies are discriminatory. Well, you, I'm sorry, but you don't have to be a lawyer to work that one out. Mm. Trans women are particularly vulnerable in society and they suffer from higher rates of violence, abuse and harassment than cis women. Although I do want to make it known that cis women also are vulnerable in society. So let's oh, yeah. not try and so let's not try and pigeonhole it just trans women. And that should, that should I, like, uh, yeah, that kind of differentiation is what uh, like turfs live on. Yeah, and that's and that's the type and that's the type of shit that pisses me off because yeah. you know it's like, do you not understand that you're also a risk as, risk as well? It's not just trans women. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to get it easy to be honest. <laughs> no, I get it. Um, Sayo said, adding that the world aquatics policies would bring profound harm to trans women. In a statement yeah. to BBC Sport, Brent Murricky, the executive director of World Aquatics, said, Our policy on gender inclusion, adapted by World Aquatics in June of 2022, was rigorously developed on the basis of advice from leading medical and legal experts. Well, maybe you should actually check your experts and in careful yeah. consultation with athletes. What athletes and what consultation did you actually speak and to? What experts? Exactly. They only say that uh, from leading medical and legal experts. Really? Who are these people? Who? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, mm, as far as I can tell, most medical organizations are actually pro uh, trans in general. Yeah. Uh, I and that's the thing. Like, I I find it weird that. Yeah, sure. I have some kind of fucking limit or whatever. I don't care. It's just weird that, that like, have these people seen what HRT does to a trans woman? Like yeah. how fucking brittle brittle we become after it. Like, Jesus no. fucking Christ. No, hence why you are flipping Riley fucking dumb games say that women yeah. still have an advantage. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, right. and they always... And, and what's funny is when they show, put someone like... Um, they show someone who's like, oh, look, this person came in fourth. And they're a trans woman. Like, yeah, but there were then three cis women who came before her. What the fuck? Like, yeah. This doesn't make the uh, argument you think it makes, you fucking tool. In quotations, 
World Aquatics remains confident that its gender inclusion policy represents a fair approach and remains absolutely determined to protect women's sports. Trans women and women. Can I do that? Can I just say that I'm certain that I don't discriminate and then I can do whatever the fuck I want? Apparently so. According to them. Cool. Um... Well, like protect women in sport, trans women and women. You're also, do you not realize that you're also harming cis women? Yeah, it's always like, and that's like, do you not understand that? Like, it's the same, it's the same thing. I'm sorry, it's the same thing if there was a there was a dog pile on trans men competing, which I'm sure there yeah. is, but but you know, because of football, but because their focus is on trans women. Like, you do yeah, that, you, like these people are so fucking dumb. They really are, and it's it's uh, the funny like I kind because it always goes back to like uh, like transphobia will always hurt people from the like cis people as well. Uh, it will always do that because it will always like be based on some weird fucking idea of what a trans woman looks like or what a trans man looks like or whatever. Uh, and then they see someone who's cis, but who fits that stereotype, and then that person will be fucking harmed as well. It, like the whole bathroom thing, there are so many... Now there are so many cases of like cis women being fucking abused in the ladies' bath bathroom. Like... Way, way, way more often than I've ever been. Like I've never yeah. met any, any like that because I am femme as fuck, and I don't tend to speak when I'm in the bathroom. No. Right. Um, Heather's here, so I'm gonna bring her one. Oh, nice. Seven email. Um, originally said eight. Oops, oh, we move her. No, I think she's. Um... Hi, Heather. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I yeah. can hear you. Yeah. Hi. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. How's the day been? Yeah, not too bad. Just back to back meetings. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's lovely. Yeah, well, we both thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. No, you're very welcome. Um, <laughs> would, you like... junk the army. <laughs> <laughs> no um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a, bit, a little bit about your background? Uh, yeah, so obviously I'm Heather. Um, I'm currently the chief exec of Say It, which is an LGBT youth charity in Sheffield. Um, but I've worked in the LGBT sector for 25 years now. Um, <laughs> makes me feel very old. Um, but previously I've worked with Equality Networks. I was one of the co-founders of the first prize in Sheffield, um, which was very exciting. Um, background in youth work and community work. So, yeah, and I've sort of activism and campaigning. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember I we briefly spoke in 
on the road. Oh, yeah, we briefly spoke on Twitter. Yeah. DM, and um, you read, obviously, you spoke about that. And obviously, as Max, my co host, is a teacher in Sweden, um, I thought this was the best place to uh, discuss, discuss it. Uh, I think we briefly touched on it in one of our other episodes, but I thought, seeing as we have you on the podcast, we could speak about it in more depth. Yeah. So, so what is say? It's, so, what is your take on the trans guidance? Without swearing, I mean, it, it's dreadful. It's a, oh, no, 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 it's we swear. A, we swear. So, you're, so by all means, you can. <laughs> no, I'm an awful um, person. I mean, oh, I mean, the short is it's absolutely dreadful. I mean, it's five years ago that we were being told that we would get guidance as to how to support trans kids, and what we've been presented with is guidance on how you can exclude and discriminate and bully trans kids. You know, is what we've been presented with. It completely flies in the face of safeguarding and discrimination and everything else, and it's. Yeah, the, re- really. Like the you kind of got the instructions ever. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something got something went very wrong somewhere down the line. But it's yeah, you know, trans certainly. I mean, it extends across the world, but certainly in the UK at the moment, trans people are being used as political football. Yeah, I don't think the vast majority of people that are doing this. I don't think even care one way or the other about trans people they see it as one one way to keep them in power you know if we can all point the finger at a minority group we can you know focus on that instead of going well actually who's crashed the economy who's knackered the nhs you know who's generally making the standard of living in the uk you know a lot worse than it was um and it's a divide and rule tactic and they see trans people as disposable because they're such a small percentage of the population they don't see they think that they can attack trans people without affecting their vote in the same way that they think that they can attack sort of refugees and asylum seekers because they don't have voting rights you know so these are people who they see that they can do that with and it's just a political game to them and they don't think about the impact on you know real people's lives it's it's so nice yeah. to it's so nice that people are like constantly politicizing your existence. It, it feels it feels nice. It, yeah. feels, it must be in my happy place. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean I mean despite this, the one thing that I would say is that every single independent poll in the UK still shows that the majority of people support trans people and support trans rights. And we haven't had a single day in the past five years without an anti-trans article in the mainstream media. We've got our government absolutely going to town on it. And still the vast majority of people support trans rights. So it's like, so it's not, it's not even working, but the people who don't are very vocal. And that obviously we're seeing increase in hate crimes. We're seeing the impact on people's mental health from having to read this, you know, and hear this nonsense all of the time. Yeah, you know, and all of that is really harmful. You know, even if, even if the majority of people are, are still supportive, the people who aren't are, are very loud, and they and they do have an impact. Yeah, I obviously. Um, and a lot you, of... you're, you're very busy, obviously, so you probably don't have time to, you know, 
peruse Twitter like most people, but I hear it every day. I hear it every day from turfs. Yeah. You know, spewing yeah. misinformation, you know, constantly constantly bombarding like trans people or who they think are trans, misgendering yeah. people, you know, going ranting about oh there shouldn't be any trans people at school, trans youth should be lobotomized or whatever stupid fucking thing they say. It's like, do you not They're also saying that there are no trans kids. Yeah, that's what that, that's the biggest thing I hear constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, is absolutely no, no. nonsense because there are trans yeah. adults. So unless someone yeah. out there has got a lab that's breeding 30-year-olds, you know, we know that there are trans kids because there are trans adults. You know, they, yeah. I'm just going to say like absolutely illogical. Yeah, exactly. If I was bred yeah, in a not. if I was bred in a lab, I'm kind of pissed that they mixed up the chromosome thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? If if I was actually tailor made, then I I kind of think that they did the something wrong by making me trans like i can take it if it's just nature yeah it's that also <laughs> I, also so, so, so in yeah. you, Heather. also the one thing i keep hearing is well, they keep bringing up biological sex i have never met or spoken to a trans woman that has ever denied their biological sex yeah. not one what they seem to confuse is a Biological, biological sex and gender are not the same. They yeah. keep confusing it. They're completely different. They don't know language. But, but it's, the, it's the way now that they've sort of, in the UK, tried yeah. to rebrand as gender critical when they are the least critical of gender. Like, exactly. like they push a narrative of this is, this is the only way to be a man, this is the only way to be a woman, and anyone that deviates from that it, is not okay. And that, yeah. you know... That is absolutely conforming to gender norms. It's not critiquing gender at all. Like the people who mess with gender are the ones that they oppose. Yeah. And there's, I, uh, yeah. It obviously it's gets really... me from an ethical point of view, from a personal point of view, from everything else. But there's a, in a former life, I was, um, I worked in engineering and I was a sort of maths and science student. And I'm very much on like bad logic, really gets me. And I just haven't seen a, si- a single gender critical, TERF, transphobe, sex realist, whatever they want to call themselves this week, I haven't seen them present anything that's remotely logical. And you're just like, you know, it's how can because you it's not, it's, just come out with it's, so it's, much it's, nonsense and believe it? Yeah. I, I, I've, I've stopped giving them the benefit of the doubt. A lot of them clearly don't believe their bullshit. No. They know what the fuck they're doing. But... Uh, about like you, oh god, uh, trying to track. Uh, sorry, uh, after effects of a migraine. Um, there was something you said that I really uh, the thing. Yeah, like the whole. With... I'm getting there. I'm sorry. No, take the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole thing about them not. Uh, like the. They don't even understand fucking basics, the basics of language. They don't, like, they, they, you can't even get to, like, I've been trying to get to a point where I can actually have a discussion with them about, like, the biology and stuff, but you never get there because you get stuck on fucking semantics because they don't know how words work. Like, the thing, the whole thing, what is a woman? Well, a woman is what is defined as a woman by, like, 
So English is a prescriptive language. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, just, uh, it's a. Yeah. I'm a linguist. It's a, it's so a phenotype. No, no one is, you know, looking into someone's pants or at their medical history to define what is a woman. We may, we. We make assumptions based on someone's presentation, based on someone's phenotype, as to whether we think someone's presentation is typically more masculine or more feminine. But they get that wrong all the time. Like yeah, we, yeah, the most have, commonly yeah. misgendered, just because of yeah, yeah. Just statistically, is butch and masculine presenting women, because yeah. there are more butch masculine presenting women than there are trans people. You know. Yeah. And it's like, but they get they mess it up with cis people all the time. Like they see they seem to think they've got this magic we can always tell radar. But if if they do have it, they're very broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well it's easy to yeah. always be able to tell if you just completely ignore what people respond with. Like if they say you're a dude and they point to a cis woman and that person says yeah. no and they don't believe it. But like it's easy to be Correct one hundred percent of the time. If you just ignore all the times you're wrong, yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh well, that's an exception. It doesn't it doesn't count. And it's like well, you have a lot of exceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah more yeah. exceptions than the actual cases that follow the rules. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, we have um, we have a woman called Helen Stanland. She's she's pally with Grinner, Grinningham, and she has her famous question. Mm -hmm. She says, should male-born people with a penis be in a girl's children's rooms? It's like, why are you looking... First of all, going, to back, going back to your point, Heather, why are you concerning, concerning yourself with their genitalia? Yeah. What's that got to do with it? Yeah, if you're... Looking, I, mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean to brag, like, I'm 42 years of age, I've been to a lot of toilets, I've used changing rooms, you know, I, 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 live, I live an exciting life. Yeah, occasionally. But I've never seen another person's genitals in that setting. You know, it's not, uh, you know, if if you can see someone's genitals, when, you know, when you go to the toilet, someone's doing something wrong. <laughs> you know, exactly. you're, yeah. you know if, you're, if you're worrying yeah. about the content of the knickers and the person in the next cubicle, the issue is with you, not with them. You know, go in, yeah. pee, wash your hands, leave, go about your day. You know, and yeah, it's, the it's wall completely at all ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I remember, I think we briefly, um, I remember, I think we briefly look at, looked at the, um, what could have, what could, what the predicted outcome was going to be um, on Mermaids, like, like, what could happen. And it's like, I, we, I don't know the outcome because I haven't looked at the actual finished document or the, what, what uh, has been said, but this is a massive step backwards. And it's, and it's once again, cis people trying to dictate how kids should be or kids should be, should conform to the heterosexual way. You can, right... No personality. Mm. No, you are not gender. You are not gender. You are he or she. That's it. And it's like, really, right? So you, so are you telling me that if you looked back at your childhood, are you telling me that you were straight? 
You probably um, would. I'll be talking about this more. I'm actually doing it LGBT History Month, um, obviously coming up, um, and I'm on a panel yeah. doing a talk on Section 28 um, on Thursday. Um, so I've been sort of thinking about and discussing this a lot. And it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's the same. So I was, I was gay at school. I had, I wasn't out. It wasn't yeah. something that anyone spoke about. We didn't have any inclusive education. I had no role. So I wasn't gayed by my school. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't shown all this propaganda. I had absolutely zero representation whatsoever. And shock horror, still a massive queer. You know, it doesn't, all yeah. I saw growing up was straight people. That was the only representation that I was given. And so it is kind it of shown, enough to turn you gay, though. Yeah. It, it, well, it was evidently enough to put me off. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. you know, but they have this idea that if you show show kids that trans folk exist, then they will then they will all magically turn trans. And it's like, well, we've been showing it's not an, it, that it's not cis an people disease, like and you know that what? it just doesn't work like that. But I, it's all the same knew, argument oh, we've seen before, like that the the same things that they were saying about gay people in the eighties, they're saying about trans people now, and it's like, look, it was nonsense then, and it's nonsense now, you know. And I think that was like a, that was about normal gay people. It wasn't about the horrible, horrible, horrible trans people. Fuck me, I threw something. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm a klutz, uh, yeah. but uh, like, uh, and I. I I presented as a transvestite for like many years before finally coming out as a trans woman. Uh, and that's also why I know that it, it's bullshit whenever they say that they're like, oh, we just want the, like men to say they're men and present as as they like because they nobody made any fucking distinction about me being a transvestite back then. Like, they absolutely don't care about it. They want you to go back to the fucking gender roles of the 50s. That's it. Yeah. And that's hugely critical of gender, of course. Fucking... And, and we can cool. see that, you know, because obviously, you know, drag is very separate to someone's gender identity, but they're equally, you know, we can see, particularly in the US, what we see it here as well, is that we see the attacks on drag. And, you know, ultimately, it's anyone who is, you know, deviating. And that is, you know... For, for a large part, obviously, anyone of any gender can perform drag. I actually do um, some drag on the side, but there's, you know, but the the transphobes see one image of drag and they see man in dress and they see trans women as man in dress. That is how they view and they see man equals evil. You know, it's not it's not feminist. It's, yeah. it's the extreme of misandry combined with sort of right-wing conspiracy theory like it, it's the most awful melting pot of the worst ideas yeah and it's yeah and but, it's, but it's like you don't even so need cool. to argue them. like they, no one contradicts a transphobe more than a transphobe does like they'll be exactly. oh well you're, trans, you're transing the gay away you're turning all the gay kids into trans kids okay that's yeah. your nonsense theory and then they're like and all trans women are sexual predators against cis women. Well, hang on. By your logic, all trans women would be gay boys and they would have no sexual interest in women at all. So which one is it? <laughs> you know, clearly they're both nonsense. But it's like they, if you just, 
leave them to it. They argue with themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really funny when they try to like. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they, they really do, and that, that's also why I, I, I personally refuse to have a discussion with them uh, nowadays because instead I heckle them. That's what I do. I waste their fucking time because they're going to go waste other people's times otherwise. Um, that's my little hero's moment, but <laughs> it's uh, just letting them talk. Is yeah, because they're they're broken. They're fucking broken. I think I think the one thing that I will do, and I, well, well, there's a couple of things. One, I, through the nature of my job, I am sort of paid to give talks and deliver training and do that stuff. So, and if I get someone who has transphobic views in that group, then it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this because I'm on the clock and I'm literally yeah. being paid to deal with you in my own time. I would I would not be doing this. But I think one of the issues that we do see is that because there's so much transphobia in our media is you've got you've got re some really hardline transphobes who absolutely know what they're saying is nonsense and there is no arguing with them and they are so embedded in their views but what you do do also get is you get some people who aren't necessarily transphobic but they've read the mainstream media they've heard some of these ideas and they need to hear why they are wrong and so i think there are people that are absolutely worth yeah. having the, discu the discussions with who are you know oh, they've gone oh I, I i i read in you know i read in the paper that we're letting 70 year old men shower with six year old girls and that sounds awful and it's like well yeah that would be but that's not a thing that's happening and you know and having the yeah. conversation with them <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. see it's like it's like it, it's like in uh, my opinion this is sort of you know twofold because on the one hand you've got the transphobes and the gender critical and then the other hand and then on the other side you have the media which is as corrupt as anything they will use anything to get a storyline yeah hence the constant bombardment of trying women in the headlines and all they're interested in is advertising revenue yeah. So if something is controversial, yeah, exactly. if something will get people arguing and it will get the clicks and they'll get the advertising yeah. revenue on that, then yeah, that's exactly. all they're bothered about. Well, you know, a yeah. majority and of the people care less how they do that. Exactly, they don't. And you also have, you know, grifters like Ollie London yeah. who wrote a book saying, oh, he was trans when he never transitioned. So you also have those. Yeah. Are milking the system to, to benefit off it, and it's like, but it's like at the end of the day, right? They can do all that if they want, but we don't. But trans women, trans people aren't going to raid. Trans kids aren't going to raid. Trans kids and trans people have a right to exist, whether you like it or not. Yeah, and so you can do all of your silly little games, but we're going to fight you, and we're going to win. Yeah, that's, you? that's trans, trans, you know, trans people have existed as long as people have existed, and will, you know, exactly. and will be continue to exist, you know, forever. And it's not, you know, <coughs> like I say, we've we've seen it before, and I think what's happened, you know, we saw we saw it, in, like say, in the eighties with a lot of the homophobia that and that largely people capitalised 
on the AIDS crisis and being able being able to sort of paint all gay men as sexual deviants and look the spread of disease and you know and it was awful and people saw through that and we came a lot you know not that homophobia no longer exists of course it does but not in the way that it did 30 years ago and people will see the same with this but i think what we see is that we always have a group that is being demonized and in in the uk you can sort of see by you know who's the latest channel 5 documentaries about so we went through cycles of okay it's single parents it's the disabled the benefit scroungers it's it's asylum seekers, it's Roma people, it's, it's this group. And then they got to trans people and this perfect sort of storm hit where the sort of gender criticals, the evangelicals, the right wing, the sort of current political climate all sorts of coincided and it stuck and it and it spiralled. And so instead of instead of having a group that had their six months and then they move on to the next group. It, it, this this has stuck around now for about five years um, that it's been really escalating. So it in the UK, it kicked yeah. off with the Gender Recognition Act um, consultation that they got some memento ra- momentum around that. And it's just never stopped. But, you know, it is, you... it's such a bad odyssey of people. I mean, we mentioned t- Twitter before and said not spend, I spend far too much time on Twitter just because I spend a lot of time on public transport and um guilty for just doom scrolling but i've blocked about half a million accounts on twitter which sounds like a lot. <laughs> it sounds like a lot until you realize it's less than one percent of the total accounts on twitter i do not yeah, say or it's very very rare that i see transphobia homophobia racism so in numbers these people are not rep- in any way representative of the majority, but they're loud, they're obsessive. You've got, you know, you've got people who, you know, we we had one very notable failed comedy writer who I will not name mm. because uh-huh. I'm quite, uh-huh. quite a fan of not being sued, um, but who at his peak worked out, assuming that he was sleeping for six hours a night, Based on the number of tweets today, he was tweeting about trans people every fifteen minutes, and you're like, "This is the you know the level of of, of obsession that we're seeing." Like, you know, if you are spending your entire day, every day, all day, every day, that absolutely obsessed on one group of people, whoever that group of people is, to the point that you are losing your work, your family, your friends, that it is completely dominating your life. Like, you know, we took his family family from him. (laughs) You know, it's that's uh, rather than sitting there with your sort of microwave lasagna for one shouting into the void. I'd I'd have a look at your life, you know, it's that, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I keep thinking, like, my life is actually fucking fantastic, uh, which is. It's a nice reminder, but that motherfucker tweets more about trans people than I do. Yeah, and I am a trans person. Yeah, I literally like my. I I am a queer woman who runs an LGBT organization as my full time job. I don't tweet about stuff that much, you know. And I'm I I I have a level of like Twitter activity that's borderline obsessive, but it's not that. I mean. 
me me too yeah. but that's because i end up in like the fucking worst discussions and imaginable yeah. uh, uh i don't I, I don't i don't think i tweet that much otherwise um but i am a vitriolic person uh but uh like he is he still doing that though yeah of course he is he uh, doesn't yeah. have a life yeah, yeah. But like, the thing is, I have, <laughs> I have an actual, I have an actual life. I have people who like care about me, and I have like a boyfriend and like people around me who yeah. I like spending time with. Uh, yeah. He doesn't, and I would probably also want to, want to find a villain if that happened. It just sucks that he can't look in the mirror because that's the villain right there. He he is a fucking troll living under a bridge. Yeah, I mean, we had one in in the news this week. There was a university professor who's um, been through a court case over their gender critical views and has very clearly offended and upset a lot of their colleagues and was online today going but none of my colleagues have even reached out to me to see if I'm okay and it's like well, no they didn't like you no, because you know because the majority of your people find your views abhorrent <laughs> you know yeah. so well, you know, that, the cognitive well, dissidents go I've been really yeah. offensive to everyone around me, but they should all be checking in on me. And it's like, you know, it's like, on what planet do you think that would happen? <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, like, what, that, what, um... I'm going to join you. I see someone else what... on screen spoken and I'm like, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I used to vape, like, in the other recordings, but I, like, realised I can just place my fucking, like, uh, camera and shit in front of them window and not yeah. have to paste um, that fucking sweet bullshit <laughs> i don't like vapes yeah. i it's just fucking awful i yeah, did, well, I did um, vape briefly when they first came in until they made you go, go outside with them and i was like if i've got to stand in the cold i'm having a cigarette um ap yeah. apologies yeah. Just don't smoke it's not for you um Am I right in thinking that Professor you mentioned was a was their name Joe Phoenix, by the way? Yes. Yeah, so they yeah. were they, they oh, yeah. I, I saw them posted earlier about you know their colleagues not reaching out to them. And I was like, what the colleagues you were just in course against? Why would they be wanting to be pally? You know, regardless of the outcome, if you've just been fighting each other in court, they're probably not like wanted to catch up in a chat you know there's no obligation yeah. on anyone <laughs> to be you know pe people have to be civil and respectful and whatever in, in, in work but there's no obligation on anyone to be your mate outside of work and that's less likely if you they are such living court <laughs> it's it's really funny that i love to call like trans people and like uh, queer people uh in general like snowflakes and stuff when they are like so easily broken by like any anything going against their will like they they can't handle reality not fucking aligning with them uh at all and like they they believe they are owed the attention of other people which is fucking weird i mean not handling reality i mean there's a, there's a there's a good group of them that have been having a meltdown over a pride flag in, in a train station at the weekend and you're just like you know if you are that triggered at the sight of a rainbow, <laughs> really, yeah. you know, yeah. 
I yeah. I recently saw I recently saw something on Twitter, like it probably it was either in my feed or I did what you did, what you do, Joe. So sometimes I like doom scroll because I'm either bored or I'm just wanting an, an excuse to have a laugh. And I saw something from um, someone retweeted a tweet from Sex Matters. And they were written email towards to this railway station or something because apparently apparently this railway station took down a poster of J.K. Rowling and Sex Matters are complaining. Oh, you you, you can't mess with the Messiah. <laughs> oh yeah, I accidentally oh, no. did that and got my account fucking suspended. Uh, I'm just like uh, so what? Uh, <coughs> there is part of me that I was. A bit too old for Harry Potter. I was sort of in my early twenties when Harry Potter was at its peak, and I was one of those people. I was like, I don't care what cover you've got on it; it's a kids' book. And I was, I was that sort of stubborn early twenties as to why you weren't reading a child's book. And there were loads of people who were really loved it and really into it. And now, with how things have panned out, I feel kind of vindicated. <laughs> God, so well, yeah, yeah I'm. I've always, I've always said it. Like, she's, she's a. Bad writer as well. Uh, uh, I'm just, uh, read but, Teddy Pratchett. Um, you know, there's, there's oh yeah, there's he, oh that's so good. That's good. He, yeah. he was so fucking great. Uh, but yeah. like, when it comes to J.K. Rowling, it's really funny because I, uh, I did like Harry Potter as a kid because I was a fucking idiot. Because all kids are fucking idiots. That's like that's part of being a kid. You're allowed to be. It's the one time in your life where you're allowed to be a fucking idiot. And, and to be perfectly uh, fine, if I was if I was a few years younger, I probably would yeah, have done as well. You know. I think I was eight when I first read the like the first novel in the series, and then I kept reading them until I was like fifteen when the last one came out or something. Uh, and I liked them fine then, but. Then I reread them in like my early twenties. This was before J.K. Rowling decided to come out as a piece of shit. Uh, and uh, I just they were just fucking mess, like poorly written. In and I, so I was really glad actually when she turned out to be like fucking awful as well. It's like oh yeah, now I can now I can get yeah. some people on board with me. About this yeah. fucking thing being awful. Well, but then, like completely uh, opposes people. You know, people transition. You you write under she writes under a male pseudonym, or she. Oh yeah. yeah. And and then when her books didn't sell, went oh actually it's me. So that, that so that she could get some book sales, you know. But she was quite happy to, you know, in the literary world at least, but to present as male. Surely that goes against her fundamental beliefs. You know, it's not. Yeah, and, and again, the, it's like the... it, it, I can't get into the sort of cognitive dissonance that is re is required in order to maintain those transphobic positions. You know, it's so like they, yeah, but like can't... earlier that they know that what that you know. I can't believe the vast. I'm, I'm sure there are a few who do believe their own nonsense, but the vast majority of them. They know it doesn't make sense. You know, I for, usually ask uh, when I end anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I always ask like, whenever someone is way too dumb to like, you you can't fucking be. You, it's impossible. You're not this dumb. Nobody is. Like you, you function in life as a human being. You can't 
be this fucking stupid. Uh, and I always have to ask them, like, are you actually this dumb or are you like intentionally just trying to uh, are you arguing in bad faith or not because I need to know if I have to treat you like an idiot or like a like vile person I think there's people who don't handle criticism really to... and double down who don't like you know who get called out I just out need to put my computer on the charger yeah. I'm sorry, I just need yeah, to put my computer yeah. on the charge. It's warning me right now. Sorry. No, that's fine, Max. Um, yeah, it's like... But yeah, I think you get people... Like saying, yeah. yeah, I think you get people who sort of have no. something pointed out that they that they are clearly, objectively wrong about something. And they don't handle being wrong or being critiqued and they their response to that is to double down some some people will hold a position someone will point out how wrong it is and they will go actually yeah you've got a point and they will adjust their position other people will have something pointed out that is wrong and be basically react really badly to being critiqued to having to being wrong and can't possibly deal with that. And so their response is to really double down on that. And I think that's what we've sort of seen a lot. I think the other thing that we've seen is, and we saw the rise during COVID of the sort of COVID conspiracy theorists. And the, you know, I think for some people, being locked in your house for two years with little regular social interaction with just the internet has allowed some people to really go down a, a, a sort of rabbit hole with it. And to almost be love bomb, there was a really good, I can't remember her name, but someone who for a time went down that gender critical rabbit hole and wrote a really good um, article on her experience in, in sort of coming out the other side of that. But in that, you know, she'd said something that had come across vaguely transphobic. She'd been pounced on by it, but then the transphobes had been like, "Oh no, you're absolutely right," and they'd and she'd really been sort of love bombed and sort of, you know, we support you, we're we're friends, we all think you're brilliant, and and sort of had that and really been sort of pulled in to their their cult, really, and that was, you know. And it's like, oh, it's all it's all these evil trans activists and they're all perverts and you know, you're right and you're you're wonderful and you're moral. And someone would much rather hear that they are right and moral and just and protecting women than to hear actually you're just really wrong about this. And so it's easier to hear the positive things than the negative. Um and like I say, this yeah. one did a really a much clearer job than me of explaining that, but explaining how she she got pulled into that. And she did, this was an essay that she'd written as she got, sort of was coming out the other side of it. Like she'd hit a point of going, no, actually this is, this is too far. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of them do that. Like a lot of them will be transphobic up to a point, but not go like fully, fully fucking insane. Uh, but like uh, what you're describing is actually like, First and foremost, it's a cult tactic. Like, yeah. oh, you're alone, and we have the answer. It's also it's also a Nazi tactic. 
like it, it's it's uh, one of the most successful things that fascists does is like yeah. give you and that's where we've seen this awful Venn, Venn diagram of sort of gender critical evangelical and far right coinciding and seeing those sort of same tactics being used and you know we've Eventually seen the Venn diagram is just going to be a fucking circle yeah and we, and, and, and we see a lot of similar experiences that we're experiencing in the UK of, you know, we're talking about trans people and queer people, but we're seeing a lot of the same happening with asylum and um, refugee and asylum seekers. And, you know, obviously they're not um, mutually exclusive groups. Obviously there are queer asylum seekers for a lot of, you know, that's why they're seeking asylum in a lot of cases. Um but we're seeing a lot of those same far-right tactics used. Similarly, you know, we're having the discussions at the moment on that we're still yet to ban conversion practices. And we see a lot of those sorts of methods used in conversion. So um, there was um, a Wait, young man fuck? who I was aware of in Sheffield locally to us who had been taken in by a, um, a church um, they're actually in a, in a, they're part of a larger one of the mega churches in America who they are trying to classify as a cult, but had taken in a young gay man who had left homeless accommodation was you know he was an out gay man who was you know quite happy in his sexuality but obviously being in homeless accommodation was you know life had obviously thrown some difficulties at him. This church took him in and were like we're your family now. You don't need anyone else separated him from the people that he did have in his life was you know provided some practical support in terms of food accommodation whatever but then it was required that he must be daily preaching and and he is now one of the um anti-gay street preachers local to us in sheffield and it's like but knowing that at one point he was a happy out gay teenager and he's now an anti-gay evangelical street preacher and seeing how that you know, if I didn't know that that was his backstory, you know, seeing how how much, like you say, that cult mythology, that far right Nazi mythology, can really impact someone and can change someone. Um, I met a woman um, recently who I knew pre-lockdown, who I worked with several years ago at another job, who has absolutely gone down that gender critical rabbit hole, and she's not the same person at all. And it, you know, and you can see how that really really impacts people um and the harm that it's doing to individuals to families to to communities you know and it's it's working with lgbt kids you know obviously my main focus is the impact on them but i think it actually has a much broader impact as well that transphobia doesn't just harm trans people i think it's harmful to society as a whole you know it's the, harmful those, to the transphobes as well yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's hard. It's hard what yeah. to say. It's you know, no, no one is coming out on on top from from this ideology being being promoted. You know, it's oh, and then, like I say, the, you know, the pushing of that sort of like you say that Nazi ideology of this is you know this is yeah. man, this is woman, this is the you know the only way to be. You know, that harms everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I um, yeah I. I fully agree with you, Heather. Um, I remember telling Max, I think, um, in this, that a few months ago, 
I um, he fully blocked me, by the way, which is which is a typical Turkey move. Um, for this guy, his name was Alex Bramham. Yes. Um, <laughs> that fucking comes. He's had like he's had a horrible past. He was he got um thrown into conversion therapy as a child. Um and then he was then he got back and then he was lumped back into it very recently, last year at some point. And he really doubled down. Yeah. And was really transphobic and they were no helping him. No. And it's like me and other people who this one person who I follow was uh was chucked into conversion therapy. He's still a very gay he's still very gay. Right and very proud. Right. It's like yeah. in the end I had to like sort of block him well in the end he actually blocked me instead which made it easier but you're right they double down and they can't yeah. see it. it's like they are being manipulated yeah. and it's, like the, it's, it's the most cynical version of song cost validity i've ever fucking met uh, uh, uh seen uh, sorry but like i've been thinking you just but it's that, and, and again, it goes with that thing because he was the guy who, you know, did the kept turning up to the gay village in Manchester at Pride and at the Age yeah. of and stuff, and everyone there sort of telling him to jog on and that he wasn't welcome. And that's the other thing that we see is that the you've got the transphobes who claim to speak for the silent majority, that all they are saying is what everyone really thinks, but then everyone hates speak for them. the loud minority. Yeah. You're like, well, if you're speaking for the silent majority and this is what everyone really thinks, then why are you being booed and heckled everywhere that you go? Why are you being dismissed from jobs? Why are you being disinvited for things? You know, either everyone secretly agrees with you or everyone hates you. The two things, you know, and it goes back to, again, that, you know, that everything that they say contradicts each other, you know, that it doesn't, you know... It, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 uh... there, there are ethical arguments against them, but it is that, like, you know, even if you were to go, okay, being tra transphobia and not being transphobic are equally valid positions, which is obviously, you know, I don't believe. Or even if you no. were to sort of take that ethic out of it and to and completely remove the ethical argument, the fact is that, you know, you've got one side that makes logical sense and one that doesn't, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that is the... That is their thing, is that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's wrong, like I, wrong logically so, as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and I it's haven't... badly you know, argued. I haven't been... Yeah, 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 yeah always. So I haven't been a member of the community for very long. I, when I come out as queer, it was probably about probably four years ago, four years ago. I came out as queer, right? And obviously, you know, there are some hurdles between, right? You don't really fully understand yourself just yet, so you take baby steps, right? It's your journey, right? But within that time, I've quickly grasped on my own that the community are not full of 
like what they like to say are pedophiles, because I've been falsely accused of multiple times. Um, mm. And it's like, do you not see the harm that you're doing? Because they conflate. They say, oh, the LGBTQ <coughs> community are doing all this. Oh, the tra- oh, it's trans people that are committing these crimes. Do you not understand that the trans population as a whole is is between naught point naught is between naught point zero one to naught point zero five percent of the whole population? Between that, yeah. The, and you look at it, you know, you've got like a fraction of a percent of the population who are trans. Yeah. But then again, they have this. But trans people are taking over <coughs> everything. It's like trans people couldn't they took take our over jobs. If they wanted to because they, it's you know they're not a large enough percentage of the population. You know, exactly. so it's just not not possible. Yeah, and but it's like go back to something that you did say it, about that sort of groomer narrative and the sort of being called a non-sort of paedophile, which I think I think it's almost a certainty if you certainly online. I mean, I tend to not have bigots around me in my social circle yeah. um but certainly on that if you are a queer person with an online presence the likelihood is that you will be called a paedophile or a paedophile enable or a non sort of something uh, yeah. you know online i'm actually but what we're seeing is that that's spilling out into so one of the things that say it does is we're a third party hate crime reporting center so we actually get reports of hate, hate crimes that take place and we're seeing that language being used in real life attacks uh, because for the majority of the population, if you were to walk out onto the street now and beat up the first queer person that you saw, most people would say that is wrong. They would probably use stronger language than that. Or yeah. if you go out and beat up a nonce or a paedophile, um, then suddenly you are the strong and brave protector of women and children. So that, also, you know, I, also... I think there is a line of, you know, let them argue themselves into the ground, you know, just, yeah. you know, ignore them, don't give them the oxygen. But I, I think very specifically that paedophile, sex offender, predator narrative really, really needs to be nipped. And uh, yeah. whenever that is seen, that it is reported, that it is blocked, that it is, it is deplatformed, because that very specifically is the element that we are seeing that is directly correlating to real life attacks. Yeah, that was the only time. It was the only time I've ever gotten like. I usually don't. the The way I use Twitter is to be the worst. I'm not like people or like turfs on Twitter tend to call everyone who doesn't think trans people should be gassed like TRA, like trans rights yeah. activists. Uh, I would argue I am definitely not a trans rights activist. I'm not an activist. I am a piece of shit on Twitter. Like that's it. Uh, I just happen to be also like a trans piece of shit on Twitter uh, because I my Twitter my Twitter account is. Be a bad person who makes worse people's life miserable. That's my goal on Twitter, which means that I don't go into it with any sort of... Uh, I, I'm not trying to change hearts and minds, so I won't be disappointed, and I am fucking bulletproof because I'm a like 
raging narcissist. So uh, <laughs> nothing they say can harm me because I will look in the mirror and I will get turned on. So it's nice anyway. Uh, what I'm getting at, the only point where I actually got like actually mad at someone on Twitter was when they started accusing me of having admitted to sexually assaulting my students. And I was fucking close to like, yeah, I'm going to run a defamation case against you unless you shut the fuck up now. Uh, and then she blocked me, the fucking coward. Um, this was also a, a person who decided it was like reasonable to call uh, like girls at age as soon as they had their period, they were women, which is like that's actually like that's actually like damaging misuse of language, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, and so um, much that comes out with them for the sort of self-identified feminists, you know, and if they want to self-identify as feminists, that's their right, but they're fucking not. But the so much that comes out, you know, oh, you know, the the removal of the healthy breasts of the young of the of the teenage girl, and you're like, why are you talking about a teenage girl's healthy breasts who you don't know? Like you weirdo. Like that is, you know, and and it is those sort of things like, you know, they're the and also, the accountants who host fresh top surgery pictures as some sort of gotcha. Like all fresh surgery looks gross. Like that is yeah, and it's, you know, that it's is, also like is you, a thing. And it's like you're saying you, this is they they Sorry. but but they like look at young trans men and by their own definition they they don't recognise them as trans men. They see girls and they claim to be feminists. And then, so you are and then, so you are posting the topless photo of someone you claim is a girl to prove how great a feminist you are. You know, yeah. again, it's that sort of... <laughs> yeah. Also a fucking uh, minor. The, the man who should not be named, but I'm naming because he's a fucking twat, Gremlin Han. He's he's I'm just that. dying to get sued. <laughs> right. And, right... And really, for a man who spends like 15 hours a day on Twitter, he's known for harassing women. And he's known to harass children. Right? Because he's a, because he's a massive weirdo. But anyway, that aside, right? he has photos of children on his phone. Not of his own. Yeah. Right? And he was recently found out to have lied. Because he, he said something about oh, children having like top surgery. I was like, and I can't remember the crown the court, but the court turned around and said, uh, no, did not. So he lied. And he got found out. And then the, the very next day, he ran straight back to line again. He can't help himself. No, it's a fucking Pathological liar. You know how how he's some tried to present himself as king of the feminists. You know there was a, you know one thing I'm not bothered about yeah. saying because he blatantly admitted it himself. Like he was he'd sent photos of his genitals to multiple women. With that, and he posted a you know he posted a really weak apology about it. So he he openly it's on his own blog, but he you know he admitted to doing that. And it's like yeah, but he's still claiming to be you know this feminist icon and you're like really yeah and it, and again it's just that like you know someone make it make sense because it doesn't <laughs> you know it's uh, a yeah. nothing it i i recently 
Yeah, I, sorry, Max. I recently uh, hate what I recently hate watched his uh, most recent, you know, the mess we're in podcast because you know I just like to see what is that. Literally, is that what he calls it? Yeah, he, he's yeah, he has a YouTube show called the mess we're in. Um, that he created himself. Anyway, he recently, he most recently said that someone told him that men can't, men cannot be feminists. And I was sat, and I was sitting there thinking, "Are you sure, really?" Because I'm a feminist. Yeah, I want equality for, for women, and I'm and that in all caps, all women. Yeah, I want equality feminist. for all, all people of all all genders. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and primarily that is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's usually women that get the shitty end of the stick, but there are you know there are. Exactly. Areas where men are underrepresented. So if you were looking at, so yeah. you know, obviously we work with young people and we work with schools. Max, you're a teacher. You know, men are underrepresented in primary school teaching, and part of that is on the, you know, the perception of, <coughs> you know, men and young children and how that's perceived, and that's you know, and so you know that's that's an area where men are underrepresented. You know, we had, yeah. you know, I'm of the era of the sorts of fathers for justice with the. Um, you know, the dads doing their Superman outfits and doing their campaigns against that. Because because there was a time when very automatically the default, the parental rights would sit with the woman and for men who did want, you know, to gain access, that could be difficult. And it's, you know, feminism is, is about equality for all. It, yeah. In the majority of cases, that in our current society, it is usually women who are getting the raw end of the deal. But sometimes it's not, you know. And that's but what we're seeing is not is these TERFs, transphobes, what you know, whatever they call themselves. It's not. It's not feminism. It's misandry. It's it comes yeah, down yeah. to the hatred of men and everyone that they, yeah. you know, and and you know, and as a queer woman, it's like I really hate that sort of political lesbianism that is the source of like you know because i love women it's not because i hate men you know some you know i've got plenty of guy friends i don't i don't hate men i don't i don't want to date them <laughs> but yeah. but you know it's for my existence is based in love and solidarity and friendship and good positive things not in and what you've got is a movement of people who Ultimately, their values are based in hatred, yeah, and that's and that's where it comes from. It's not you very rarely see them doing anything that is to actually celebrate women. It's to it's to say how evil men are, you know, and that is I've, the angle that they come at it from. I have genuinely never seen them like uh, talk positive about women and they're really stuck on like gender roles and stuff like they are they, they are they are the biggest fucking sexists on the planet like just fucking vile shit they say like it's yeah, not i mean the majority like say the majority of if you break down the statistics like say the majority of all people are supportive of trans people but that's even more so yeah. for women the more women are the majority of women but they will but the transphobes will be, oh, but they're they're handmaidens, they're pandering, you know, they're and it's like Which is such well, a no, fucked thing to say to someone. Yeah. It's like you their their whole let women speak, apart from the majority of women who disagree with them. Not 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 those ones, just just the transphobic women. Just that that's when we say let women speak, that 
we just mean the transphobes, not anyone else. Because you'll see, as soon as any woman speaks up to say, well, hang on, I'm a woman, I'm a gay woman, I don't think that we should be excluding trans women from our spaces. And suddenly you get the abuse pile on. I mean, I'll see it too, because we, as we know, they're not very intelligent. That yeah. you know, I, I'm yeah. I'm a cis queer woman, but I will, you know, obviously I post a lot about um, trans rights, um, and the number of times people will just see she here in my in my profile, and that I've posted something vaguely positive about trans people, and they will assume yeah. that I'm trans, and then you'll see suddenly they're like. You know, I'm just being called a man. I'm being called a misogynist, and it's like, well, I'm not. Not that that necessarily would be an insult, but it's just, it's just not true. I'm, you know, I'm a woman, but that's, you know, yeah, but you I can actually get away how their mindset works. That any anyone that disagrees with them is part of the evil trans cult, and they're a trans rights, you know, and using trans rights activists as as, a, as if it's a pejorative, you know. Oh I yeah, like the reason I don't want to be no. the reason I don't want to be called a trans rights activist is because like that takes focus off of people actually doing real work. I'm a yeah. cunt on Twitter. That's not activism. That's like just me wasting people's time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and being, I, I, I think it's fucking vile for them to be, do that. Yeah, trans rights activist would be a perfectly fair descriptor, but it's like them using that as it's like some sort of slur, and you're like, well, now I'm quite happy yeah. for you to call me that. That's fine. You know, and yeah. again, we see it with that sort of right-wing methodology that they, you know, we see the right-wing referring to people as social justice warriors. And you're like, well, that makes you sound ethical and badass. You know, where's the insult yeah. to that? You know, it's like, oh, look exactly. at you, you awful yeah, exactly person that right. believes in equality and social justice yeah. and fair treatment for people, you know, and it's like... Yeah, you know, are, are you getting to the insults? Because I'm not seeing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 just, you're uh, not a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 At this at this point, I just goad them into it. Like, I, I, I come on, you know, you, like you know, I, t- I sort of try and trick them into into it because I know what they're going to say. They they have like they have a script. But going back to yeah. when you brought up let women speak other. Like, I remember watching the. Uh, um, I remember watching Kelly J. Keen, the bargain basement. What happened Monroe. to her? Don't oh, know. she's still going. Don't. She is. Yeah, don't I haven't heard from her in a bit. Yeah. She did a. She did a live video on her YouTube channel, probably months ago at this point, and she was like. Talking about oh, we have a let women speak event coming up. I'd like to see you there. Women come along, and then in the next sentence, he says, I will destroy all women. Is that uh, it's um, and any like woman that. who stands, any woman who stands in, in our way, we will annihilate. annihilate oh, yeah, yeah, that um, was it. Yeah, yeah. it's like really sounds like, like a fucking just... porno title. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the one thing that I would say, um, not. And, and I don't want to say in defence of Kelly J. Keane because it's not. Oh God, good. I love this. But, but she she is what she doesn't refer to herself as a feminist. <laughs> she act she act no no no, says, no yeah she no. does act uh, at least on what on one side she does at least own that she she openly says I'm not a feminist that you know that is not you know no. and that and oh, that's God. one thing I'd say well you know 
okay, of it. So could, what I can't get is, would... you know, the ones who refer to themselves as feminism, as feminists, or are actively harmful to women. You know, at, at least Kelly J. Keane does say, you know, I'm not a feminist. I've never, you know, I don't claim to be. But, I, oh. what, but again, of looking at someone who's really gone down the rabbit hole, because I... I didn't know who she was before she was doing all this nonsense. And someone pulled up a, a really old tweet from like 10, 15 years ago where she was like, where she'd commented on trans women in women's spaces and had gone, I don't, I don't see the issue with trans women in women's spaces. They're women. What's the issue? And this was predating, you know, before she obviously made it into her career. You know, so she's another one who you know, this is not a position that she has always held. Yeah, oh. and I was quite, you know, almost, because I almost assumed, well, surely she's always had this view. But again, she's someone who at some point has gone down the rabbit hole or has seen the opportunity for the grift or a bit of both. She's so... Yeah, in, in my opinion, I... like, and again, this is just my opinion, like, to me, they're all grifters, to me. That I'm sorry, but they clearly have yeah. a motive. I mean, it's a financial one. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, something that you see at the moment is that they use as a tactic, okay. just grabbing court cases at people. And we're seeing that a lot that, like, yeah. you know, they're throwing as many court cases as possible and seeing what sticks. And what we've seen recently is there's been, there's been a couple recently where they've won their court cases. But they haven't won them on the principle of they were right in their transphobia. We've seen a number of employment law <clears throat> cases where the employment lawyers have gone and the judge has gone, yeah, you absolutely, you know, basically you absolutely deserve to be sacked or they didn't follow the correct procedure, so therefore you've won. So they haven't won the moral argument for because the right policy wasn't applied or... You know, the right, if you look at Mayor, the Mayor Forstater case, um, where they like to quote about the gender critical views being worthy of respect and whatever, they don't quote the second half of that judgment. So they say, yes, you are absolutely protected in holding that belief. Or you cannot then go on to mistreat and discriminate against people because you hold that belief. And they never quote the second half of it, you know. They quote that she won some of her claim in the employment tribunal, but actually what she won was they took the employment tribunal said they absolutely there was no issue with them taking you through a disciplinary process. That was all perfectly just and fine. But what had happened was that because it was in the media and lots of people were commenting it online, her employers made a public statement about it and they made a statement on Twitter. And the employment tribunal said, actually, that should have been a private process. And regardless of if other people were discussing it, you didn't have a right to make a statement about that. You know, even though the process itself was fine, you didn't have a right to make a statement from it. So therefore, we're going to rule against on that and make you pay damages for her hasty feelings because you publicly posted about it. So not that there was anything wrong in her disciplinary but they just shouldn't have posted. And that we're seeing lots of those types of things being claimed as wins. So if they throw these legal That's cases sort of a... and they win an element of it, they claim the win as the whole. 
I mean, we saw Isn't that with kind of like Anthony a Kafkaesque ring show. Yeah, I mean, the other one that we saw was Ansinus, who was um, one of the founders of LGB Alliance. Um, she filed a court case against Stonewall for misrepresenting the Equality Act in the training. And yes, she did file that case. And it was thrown out as being absolutely without merit because all they actually did was quoted the Equality Act and its associated guidance. But she still, to this day, they still say, we took Stonewall to court for misquoting, for misrepresenting the Equality Act. They don't say, and we lost. <laughs> you know, so what they're saying is factually true. They did take them to court. They just don't mention the outcome. You know, so lots I, of this. Um... So they're really misusing the legal system. Um, and unfortunately, kind of, that's working for them at the moment, I think. Um, so it's being really... Yeah, you know, where I was like, yeah, you know, earlier that I'm like, oh, I won't make, name this person, or I won't, I won't say something about a person that I don't know isn't absolutely 100%. You know, they've publicly admitted in writing because I'm quite a fan of not wasting my time in courtrooms, and that is oh, yeah. something yeah. where they don't, you know, the win doesn't matter to them. It's about tying people up in the process that that's like a, a tactic for them. That if they can have people, you know, who won't support trans people, not because they don't want to, but because they're scared of ending up in a courtroom, who won't challenge transphobia, but because they're scared of being sued if they misspeak in any way, you know, and uh, they've got this unlimited crowdfunder grift where, you know, they've got um, Castle Bastard sat sat up in, in Scotland with the proceeds of a, a wizard books offering to bankroll anyone who wants to do that. You know, so they've got an unlimited financial supply to sort of use that as a political tactic. And, you know, most of the LGBT sector, you know, we're not well funded and we've got actual work to do and, you know, don't have the cost or time to be arguing with idiots <laughs> you know which is ultimately yeah, what I had, that um, yeah that's why i'm here i had a li- i had a <laughs> um a, lit- a literal i had a literal literal um turf transphobe say to me categorically um i've been i've been a creator but i can't be bothered so i'll paraphrase but anyway they said that we were we, we were told to believe a trans woman, a.k.a. a man, who they were, if they said it. And in the next sentence said, if we were to deny that, we would literally be called a Nazi. Yeah. And it's like, you were told. Like, that means you're being controlled. You'd be called rude and ignorant and offensive. The reason you're being called a Nazi is because you are arguing for the elimination of an entire population of people, which is quite fucking Nazi-like. If you are being rude to someone, then you will be called out for being rude to someone. You know, no one's calling someone a Nazi because they're being rude. Yeah, and like, I'm... If you don't want to get called genocidal, don't act genocidal. What the fuck? Don't commit a genocide if you don't want... 
I have committed no genocides in my life, and I have never been called genocidal. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, you know, I know what that, 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 I don't know. And, they, and to, this is why they change names yeah. so often because it was, you know, they didn't want to be called trans. We're, we're not transphobic. We're we're TERFs. We're trans exclusive radical feminists, and that was their name that they came up with. And so we said, fine, we'll call you TERFs. Oh no, TERFs has now got a negative association. So we're going to rebrand and we're going to be called gender critical. Okay, we'll call you gender critical. Fine, whatever. Your behaviour is still scummy. Okay, gender criticals yeah. now got a bad rep. We're going to call yeah. ourselves sex realists. Okay, we'll call you. It's like, look, we'll call you. We're not bothered what label you put on it, and we will use whatever label you like. You know, that's fine. But ultimately, you're being called yeah. out on your shitty behavior. You could call yourself and rebrand as the Fluffy Bunnies, and we would be saying the Fluffy Bunnies are a bunch of bigots. You know, that's, uh, you know, it's not about the yeah. name, whether, you know, is is no, TERF, no, you know, it, a slayer or is it not? You know, when they're all wishing themselves each other Merry Turfmas and, you know, with the name that they came up with themselves. But it's like, yeah, you know, we'll call yeah. it what you want. We don't have an issue with that. We have an issue with I don't your awful behaviour. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm sorry, but trust me, any word they use to describe themselves would be a slur when it comes out of my mouth. It's just... That, that was, because because yeah, it's could, ultimately, whatever term they use is associated with their behavior, and their behavior yeah. is abhorrent. So it is also, oh, you, you, you know, yeah, it's yeah like, exactly. Oh, you're using turf to mean was... something bad. Yeah, you, you're a piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't you know, be like, you. know, it goes back to what we said before. Like, I think, it, I think you said it has, or it might be Max, but. They're not that bright, and and it's clear because they can't see their own fucking stupidity. But um, I mean, there's a, there's a million what... just called out on their nonsense. That um, if you haven't heard it, there's a wonderful clip by comedian Nish Kumar that calls out their nonsense over the obsession with toilets, where it's like they have you know ultimately if you. Somehow, if you manage to, if they succeed in changing the Equality Act and changing the Gender Recognition Act and changing all the laws so that, you know, it will affect every toilet that you have to show your birth certificate to go to, which is none of them, you know. And Nish Kumar does this sketch about, you know, they somehow think that a sign on a toilet door has some magical powers, that someone's going like, oh, I'm going to commit a sex crime, I'm going to commit a sex crime. Oh, sorry, is this the ladies? You know, and it's like... You know, that's not how real life works. You know, people just walk, go into the space that they feel most comfortable in. I sometimes go to the gents because it's near there and there's no queue, you know, and no one has a bloody issue with that. You know, it's not... And honestly, you know, like... Toilet and toilet. Quite often times cleaner. Yeah. Mm. Quite yeah. often the cleaner. Quite often, quite often people with children. So... Um, you know, yeah. there are fathers and they need to change their kids. And quite often yeah, the baby I... change facilities are in the are in the women's toilets. So you'll see yeah, so I... you'll see dad go in saying like, Oh, I just need to change you know, I need to change the kids. Yeah, fine, no one's bothered. Yeah, I used yeah. to I I used to work in a supermarket as a cleaner. Um the amount of times, you know, because that obviously clean the toilets as well as everywhere else. The amount of times I, I went into the women's bathroom and it was a total tip. Yeah. 
Oh, right. Or they, they, okay. they have some, like, I don't know what toilets they go to, but they have some, like, weird ideas of what toilets are like. You know, public toilets yeah. are gross, you know, which whichever you go to. Yeah, these toilets were in, will, but... inside. These toilets were obviously inside the supermarket that I worked at. But I would go to the but I would go to the women's toilets and it would be a total tip. I'd go to the men's and it'd be like spotless. Yeah. I mean and I, I like, had yeah. you think crusty punk bars, so I've been to some like disgusting toilets yeah. every time, you know, regardless of you know, yeah, obviously yeah, obviously, yeah, obviously, that's not always the case. So, you know, I'm just using that. I have a hung spice and coke habit, so I have sure as fuck <laughs> been to a lot of toilets. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah. but it is, it's just like you know, and it's these things that, like, you know, that again, that they're just you know, ridiculous things to, to obsess over. You know, it's like you know, no one is showing their birth certificate to go to the toilet. You know, so why does what yeah. birth certificate you have mattered? Like they, I, they don't are ha- I don't have things. my fucking birth certificate. Where's my birth? Can ha- I wouldn't know where mine was. I would. I I assume it's probably my mum's place. Has it somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, okay, I didn't know what's on there. If I ever needed it, then then I'd have to get a copy of the council or whatever you yeah, have to like do. The, yeah. Yeah, it's not even legal idea. And again, this is where there's a lot of misinformation in the media where people think oh. that, you know, things, you know, so the whole, you know, this all started with the groups that formed around opposition to the GRA reforms. But there was so much misinformation around that where people were arguing about toilets and changing rooms and sports and all these things that it's like well no it changes your birth certificate and the gender that you can put on your marriage certificate your death certificate and if you are over a certain age your pension provision and that is it it does not change anything else your legal id in the uk your you know the things that you can use as legal id your passport your driving license are unaffected by that and can be changed without that yeah it's yeah. not, and and they only are bothered by it for people who are gender non-conforming in any way, but or who are trans. Because I went um, a couple of years ago, I went away um, on holiday with my mate Lisa, and I hadn't noticed the box when I ticked the the booking on the holiday, and all of our holiday documents, I was booked as Mister Heather, and, and it was Mister Lisa. And we were very clearly, uh, you know, both of us were cis, bevish, presenting, um, you know, relatively gender conforming. They weren't questioning our gender and our documents didn't match and they didn't care. They literally, they just waved us through. And we went to Eastern Europe and back with all of our documents, holiday documents, all of our travel documents said Mr. Our passports had F's on, didn't match. Because they didn't question. If 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 we were gender non-conforming in any way, I guarantee we would have had issues going through the various checkpoints. Yeah, and like because they don't, because they never argue from like also, and this just 
Yeah, probably never. No one even fucking checked what's on those. No fucking things. They're like, uh, they're like. But like, but... you, you're stood in front of me. You look like the picture of the on it. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> you know, and that. Yeah, come through. And that was it. So they, you know, they create a lot of issues where there aren't any. You know, I know. Yeah, that pretty much all of the people are able to have an X on their passports. I mean, there's a lot of documents that have gender markers on them that, quite frankly, I don't think need them. Like, I don't, it's not relevant information. Yeah, most? Yeah. Actually. Yeah. The majority uh, like, of... It's very, it's very seldom. And, it, like, even more seldom that you need your, like, birth, sex, or whatever. Uh, your, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, like, very it's seldom the, the whole that you need that. Like, it's abusable stuff. And, like, it, it, it says that it says female on your birth certificate. That can never change. I'm like... It says six pounds ten on my birth certificate. Things change, you know. There's, yeah, I had, you know, I had my height listed wrong for like ten years. Yeah, none. You know, uh, people people change their names. You know, I... people. None yeah, of the information. You know, that is a record of a point in time. It it it's not. You know, most of the information on there is not relevant to the person that you are today. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, I mean, like people change their names. That's one of the most. Fucked things that that about this whole fucking thing, like oh I'm never yeah. going to call you for, like my my chosen name is Max. It's not my birth name. Uh, I always liked it better as a girl's name anyway. But like nobody, no matter what that I've told this to, like could you call me Max? I said any fucking issue with it because we don't do that. Like normal people don't have that issue. Like I'm not going to call you that thing and take it out of gender. Take like any other case. Yeah. If someone says, I don't want to be called Robert, I want to be called Rob, you call them Rob. Yes. Like this, my, my, mom this doesn't go by, my mom doesn't go by a birth name just because she hates it. And so yeah. she, she she just picked another, she chose a different name when she was a kid, has gone by it her entire life, and yeah. has never, on anything that's not sort of legally... She goes by, you know, so if she's getting her library cards or whatever it gets, she gets her known by name. If she fills out something that's a legal document, her birth name goes on it, but she never, ever actually uses it in real life outside that. And look, no, you know, and like, lots of people change names for different reasons. And the majority of them are not yeah. trans. And the majority of them exactly. don't have an issue with it. I, I changed, I'm actually... I changed my name by default. By both my first name <laughs> and my second name. But I did that because of what I meant to do and because, you know, I didn't want to be associated with the family name. That's my way of dealing with things, so I did that. No one needs to know my, in quotes, dead name. Why would that matter? Say for a trans person. Oh, I, why I, I, I changed my name and changed it back name. again because I was young and foolish and got married. <laughs> no, yeah, so I changed my name for a period of time. Because um, yeah. I was 21 and got married for 11 months um, and then saw I the got... end of my way. <laughs> 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 like, love it when that happens. Uh, it's too bad. It sucks. Sorry, I had a brain, my brain break. It happens sometimes. Uh, I actually, I'm. this is a funny thing. Uh, I'm trying to get my name changed uh, presently, uh, currently, but not to <laughs> This is the way. I, I, I can't really take like... Uh, the legal systems seriously uh, for various reasons, and I 
don't take like politics seriously. Uh, like I take politics seriously. I don't take politicians seriously. That's the yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, as a joke because for, I I've been trying to get my legal name changed to Bone Saw for like three years now as a joke, uh, but it never goes through. Like I've I've had to manage that like. 12 times or something uh, and every time i tell someone who knows that i'm trans and who knows that my like preferred name is max and stuff like that uh they'll be like why don't you try to change your name to max and the only answer i can give them is that like, no this is way funnier <laughs> um because okay. i've always wanted to like do, do you guys the, the old spider-man movie like the first the sam raimi movie, the first one uh, the, the wrestler he fights, played by Matchman and Randy Savage, uh, called Bonesaw, Bonesaw McGraw in the film, and uh, they ask, are you ready? And he grabs the mic and he yells, Bonesaw is ready. And for like 20 years, I've had that stuck in my head and I've wanted to make yeah. that joke anytime anyone says, are you ready? But since I'm not Bonesaw, I can't do it, so I'm trying to get it legally changed to Bonesaw for those reasons. Yeah. Well, I just like, heard I myself so speak and realised... Yeah. And a lot of the things of working with young people who are transitioning and, you know, and we got some sort of, you know, I spend a lot of time delivering LGBT training to groups of cishet people. And people will ask what's the, you know, what is the, you know, the, the trans experience, you know, like that is a universal one. But it is, there's a lot of admin. Like that is, you know, that. It's a, it's like, a cupcake. There is a ridiculous amount of admin and hoops to jump through for, for bloody everything. Um, and it's like, and it's yeah, not to be flippant gonna... about it, but it, it makes a point of us just putting so many unnecessary barriers in. That I'm, just... quick, I'm, uh, I'm just going to quickly go and get my charger. So you carry on and I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. yeah. No worries. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, yeah, it's so. But yeah, like one really of the things weird. that I think that shocks people who don't have experience of knowing anyone who's gone through the sort of legal transition process in the UK is that yeah. I point out that that seems to shock people in the reality of it is that um, because they've they've recently moved the system to being digital, um, which just means there's a lot of scanning instead of a lot of um, postage. But the Lovely. everyone I know that went went through the legal transition before they that change, the, the what they used to post their documents is you know those big printer paper boxes that hold the five packs of printer paper. That is yeah, I'm a teacher. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but that's what people were using to post their GRA applications. So that was the level of paperwork that it required. Because so you have fucking... to, you have to document living in your affirmed gender for two years, and you. What have does to that have mean? What the doctrine. fuck does that mean? Sorry, I that that one pisses me off so fucking much because it's one of the reasons. Like I I go outside of, sorry, I that fucking thing. Um, um sorry, I cut you off there, but like that that thing living in. Because, like, we have that in Sweden as well. Two years uh, living as you prefer, gender, or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what that means unless they want me to, like, I don't know, cook, clean, and get beaten by my husband. I have no clue what and, they and mean and when they tell me to live as a woman. Documents. So you have a panel of people that decide whether you are trans enough. 
on this if, is actually... you bothered to up, if you bothered to update the name on your Sky bill two years ago. You know, yeah. it's, complete, this... it's complete nonsense. You know, because that's this is like the show... reason I'm... And this is uh, like I I go outside of the system uh, to uh, like I'm going to start hormones this year this year and stuff like I do that outside of the system because I can't fucking deal with the trans health trans healthcare like questioning something that I I don't need to prove something that I've known since I was three years fucking old to like a room of cunts who don't believe me anyway and that's generally the experience here in Sweden like I'm I'm sorry anybody who is Swedish and listening. Uh, I don't know. I know one trans person who was really happy with it, but like, yeah, other than that, I, I know that, I would feel like shit. I mean, the only difference that I would say in the UK system is the majority of the people that I know have, who've managed to access the system have not had a good experience. The difference in the no. UK is the being able to access any form of system to have any form of experience, good or bad. There's just so many. I mean, for for young people currently, there is no trans healthcare um, on the NHS. So the former clinic has closed down, closed down over a year ago. The new regional hubs that are meant to replace this have yet to open. Um, so there will have been a, by the time they do open, there'll have been a two-year gap. When the former clinic closed down, it had a five-year waiting list. You know, so, so for young people, you know, it doesn't matter whether the system is good, bad. It, you just can't get to it. Like, it just doesn't exist. And that is what our young people are experiencing. So, you know, unless you DIY your transition outside of the NHS, there isn't an option for young people in the UK currently because yeah. you can't, there isn't a health system that you can access unless you can afford to go private which is obviously a huge barrier for a yeah. lot of people because you know paying yep. for private health care is out of reach for, <coughs> i think the majority Three of people, people are known to be the richest motherfuckers in the world as well yeah and we've and we've seen people where parents have remortgaged the houses out of desperation and things like that and you're like we're in the you know we're in a cost of living crisis generally you know, obviously there are rich people, but, the, you know, the mass of the population, most of us are struggling financially. Energy bills are through the roof. Mortgage rates are through the roof. Transport costs are through the roof, you know. And then suddenly something that should be a universal basic right, such as healthcare, oh, we've got to pay for that as well. And it's and it's extortionate. And you've got yeah. people putting them into of going, well, I, would I rather be in mental distress or would I rather be financially screwed? And having to make those and going, okay, it's gonna it's gonna knacker me, or I can, you know, we can remortgage the house, we can max out the credit cards, and we can we can do it, and you know, and it's and it's again, it's putting that extra pressure on someone who's already experiencing all of that minority stress of the negative media, the government, the hate crimes, the bullying, the you know, all of the other things that go with, you know. Which again goes back to that sort of transphobes of oh you're trans again. It's like no, do you know what? Like I want everyone to live their lives, be live their best life. No one's encouraging people to be trans in the current climate. Like being trans oh. currently is it's tough. You know what I mean? You're not. In, no one's wanting to encourage people to have a life that's going to be really difficult. 
we want to encourage people mm. to have a life and to yeah. have their yeah. best life and to be themselves, you know. But ultimately, as tough as it is, if everyone if everyone was able to pick, if this was a choice, everyone would choose to be a cis, white, able-bodied, heterosexual man, you know, and to have the least marginalisation possible. Why would why would anyone go, oh, do you know what? I think life's not difficult enough. I'd, I'd like to make things a bit harder, please. You know, no one's doing that. If people are transitioning, it's because they are trans and they need to transition and that, you know, and despite all of the everything that's thrown in the way, they still need to do that. Fucking believe them. Yeah. Listen to them. Don't make things more, more difficult. <laughs> yeah, know, I've had a few a students who... <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's actually one of my rules that I'm trying to teach my students. Like, don't be a piece of shit. It's very simple. Uh, or if you're going to be a piece of shit, at least do it with style and flair. <laughs> and, like, do it against people who deserve it. Uh, who deserves it? That's uh, yeah. probably, like, up to you. Like, I'm a bad person in general. I will absolutely admit to that. Uh, but one of the things that I love the mo most, and this is going going back to, like, Terps and stuff like their idea of it, uh, of things, uh, because um, I need to let off, off some steam by calling them idiots now. Because like talking <laughs> about the trans healthcare system makes me want to jump off a bridge. Uh, but uh, like they Terps always have this like weird idea of trans people as well. Like they they base their opinions on of trans people on uh, the fucking most bizarre stereotypes ever. Like. Uh, the beards uh, they always draw on the like little cute cartoon comic versions of uh, women, uh, trans women, and it's like yeah, because like trans women aren't known to excessively groom their body hair or anything. Like they 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 they, they would go outside with a beard, definitely. Yeah, that's that's common. That's a common occurrence. But they also have like and actually really... that's the case. That's the case for all like all women that like. Oh, yeah. you know, I haven't quite hit the point of being, you know, screw you to gender norms enough to just let my beard grow. But like, but most women of a certain age, we get like, you know, we get you get taught at school about puberty, and there'll be a time, you know, there'll be a, you'll hit an age where you'll start growing hair on your in strange paces on your body, and you're like, yeah, it's thirty five, and it's my chin and my nose and my ears, you know. But because of our social yeah. norms, you know, we look and shave and wax and that's something that all women do cis and cis yeah. and trans because we are told that women should should not be hairy but yeah like know, those little you know, those little, little wax strips for your lips it's you important yeah yeah and it, uh like those little wax strips from your lips they, they, they're not for trans women like trans women isn't a big enough fucking market for that those to exist no no that um, you know the majority uh, of users of those are are cis women, you know, and that yeah. is, you know, the same that, you know, those same sorts of toxic gender norms of going, you know, because actually, you know, again, that's, you know, if you were a feminist, you should be arguing against those sorts of things of going, yeah, and not to say, you know, absolutely, if you choose to, if you prefer to remove your body hair, and that is how you feel more comfortable, then grand, but don't feel like you need to, like, and, and especially like in that in that climate again that you know even if you are not i'm not a ultra like i do like to sort of dress up on nights out but day to day i'm not a sort of ultra femme 
heavily styled um woman, but I still do the sort of hair removal stuff and things like that. Yeah. Because you know, because it's so ingrained in society that, you know, a woman doesn't walk around with a mustache. You know, and that yeah. is you know, but even on that, you're looking at sort of, you know, the cost of living as a woman, cis or trans, is greater than a, than as a man. You know, if you're a feminist, argue against that. You know, argue yeah. against that it costs more to exist as a woman. And then we have the gender pay gap and we're paid less. So we have a higher cost of living and a lower income. You know, they are, you know, feminist arguments to be had, not the existence of... of yeah half a percent of women you know that's you know it, it's so anti-feminist that yeah and it's also very funny because they have like the, the whole agp uh, and uh, like agp or gay boy version of uh tra- like the, the, they have two versions of trans uh, women in their head like the, the one one of them is the like autogenophile bullshit like fucking what's his fucking name oh, i don't remember Shit. Austin, Austin, uh, Austin. No, I mean like the the cunt who came up with it, like the person who is clearly just fetishizing. Uh, I've, Blanchard. Uh, I don't know who. Don't yeah, know Blanchard. Who thank with. you. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, Blanchard. Blanchard. Uh, thank you. I forgot his name because like he's such a f- fucking weirdo. Uh, but he he made the he makes the, the dichotomy of like. They're either gay men who uh, don't want to be gay because they rather they don't want like the homophobia. And uh, sorry, you're opting into transphobia if you do that. I'm just warning you. Uh, and all the autogenophiles who are turned on by themselves looking at a woman, looking like a woman. And like first and foremost, but, but, but again, if... that's like plays into that like no woman can ever see see them view themselves as attractive. Yeah, like I'll get yeah, like... dressed up for the night out. I'll to make the efforts and do my hair and makeup and, and look in the mirror and go, I look hot today, you know. And like, yeah, you know, and that you know, a, a trans woman takes a bathroom selfie. She's she's a pervert, and it's like exactly you've seen how many millions of cis women take bathroom selfies. That's like. A, a really typical thing for a woman to do. Yeah, like, like uh, the lighting it's, it's... in there is better. There's bigger mirrors. Like, it is the place that we take selfies, you know, and it's yeah. not. But heaven forbid a trans woman does something that, the, like, a huge majority of other women do. Yeah. Then it's an order Jennifer. And, like, I think I, I, I look fucking great. I think I, I yeah. love my appearance and I love, like, make, making myself look pretty i like that i haven't done it today because like i've had a migraine for the entire day i usually make myself up for these recordings as well because i will sit be sitting looking at my picture for like an hour or two and uh, i am a raging narcissist but i'm not a fucking autogenophile because that doesn't exist you fucking weirdos and i'm not that and like i don't fit into the whole gay stereotype as well because i'm uh, as I usually say when uh, I want to fuck with transphobes on Twitter, I slay mad puss, brah. <laughs> uh, like, I, I, I... And I didn't do it for insults. It's like all of their fucking stereotypes. And I'm a stereotypical trans woman in very, very many ways. Uh, my boyfriend literally has like a running joke about me being such a fucking... just. Just a stereotypical, 
basically popular mean girl uh, in a high school movie. Uh, I am getting to a point, I think. Yeah, but like, I never fit the weird fucking version because they also think that all oh, we're incels who couldn't get laid and like, nah, I've cut my dating pool in half by taking out all the straight yeah. women. So, so, so it's fucking bizarre. And it, and, because, and, and, uh, and they seem to have this thing that like, to... you know, oh, yeah. we're being discriminated against because we don't want to date Tom. Like, no one's bothered if you don't want, like, no one wants to date someone who hates them. Like, no, like trans women are not running around trying to date TERFs. Yeah, I will say though like, that a good, a really like weird sort of brand of sort of, you know, sadomasochism of like self hatred of. But why would like I would not want to date someone who hates me? No, the majority of people would not want that. So you know, no, 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 no. I mean, especially not date. Like, yeah, sure. I, I, a good old fashioned hate fuck is absolutely something fun. Uh, but then that's also done on mutual disgust. So. I don't know, you both agree to it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, in general, no, I would definitely not hate date someone who fucking hates me. It's weird. Yeah. It's bizarre. But you've got, like, transphobes going, oh, we've we've got to include trans women. You don't have to include anyone that you don't want in your dating pool. No one no. does. You know, no. In, relationships. Like people, you know, but there are very few rules to relationships. Consent is one of those rules. You know, no one has to, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't date a Tory. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. I, yeah uh, exactly. I, <laughs> you know why would you? You know I wouldn't date someone whose values when you know I may date, date someone who has a you know I don't like coffee. They drink coffee. I can, you know there's differences you can live with, but there's differences that are yeah. sort of core fundamental human values. And you know, and if you yeah. hate me, that that you know. That is fairly cool. You know, that's not, that's I, not something that's in my house. Yeah. I, I brought yeah. this up on as a, it was as a, our last podcast that me and Max did, or the one before that. I briefly brought up the fact that, you know, it seems odd that, you know, Grinner has said himself that he's been fighting, according to him, fighting this war for five years. Fighting for women's rights and protecting children, which is total bollocks. But that's He's sad such a fucking loser. He, we, yeah, he revealed something. He revealed that he tried dating Indy Willoughby, a trans woman. And then all of a sudden, because she said no, he has done a complete 180. It's like, really? So you try to date a trans woman, even though you hate trans people. Okay, yeah, so but, is that why you're really mean, is that why you're really pissed off? But Glennon is one of those people who is the epitome of having doubled down who couldn't take critique. So there was an episode of the IT crowd that aged really badly. The feature there was a trans woman in, in it that you know yeah. basically the boss of the joke was haha, you're really <laughs> a bad. Yeah. And it was and yes, Fucking it was riot. But it was, but you know, it was shit comedy. But it was of its time of a genre of shit comedy. And someone yeah, yeah. called him on it years later. And instead of going, yeah, do you know what? Wasn't my best work. It's not something that I'd make now. Um, you know, 
but it's in my past and it, you know, that's what it is. He really was like, he could not take that someone critiqued him. And rather than going, yeah, I did something that was misjudged and would do something different if I, if I made it again, he just really, really doubled down. And he's been doing that ever since. And it was like, yeah. you know, he uh, he's made his entire existence that he couldn't accept a critique of one episode of a comedy that he wrote 15 years earlier. And rather than accept the critique, he's messed up his entire existence. <laughs> I'm kind that thing pisses me yeah. off so much because I do I I I I absolutely will joke about pretty much any topic. Uh, I have no fucking qualms about it, but I don't want to hurt people. I like shocking people with humor, of course. I find it funny, but like talent lies in being able to shock people without being able to hurt them. Like, mm. and if you do accidentally hurt them, just say say you're sorry. It's not that fucking big of a deal. Like if if it's just a joke because. It is just a joke, as so many of these fucking clowns claim. Then it shouldn't be more important than a person's feelings. So just yeah. say you fucked up. Like it's yeah. it's that simple. Just do it. Just take fucking responsibility yeah. for your fucking words, you dumb bitch. Yeah, and that's it. Like I say, I think there are there, I think there are a yeah. substantial proportion of people who who are just that. They've got something wrong, and they can't accept that they were wrong, they can't apologise and they just double down and, you know, and that's, you know, and they just end up down that path of just doubling down and doubling down and you know, seeing and it, it's frightening to sort of see how rapidly that can happen yeah and that, you know, there are yeah. people who've you know, sort of from psychology and you know, who've, who've done much better sort of critiques of that, of showing how that that happens but like from a sort of psychological point of view it's it's trans transphobes i you know complete very clearly completely disagree with but or from a sort of sociological study point of view i almost find it fascinating as to how that how that actually happens you know and how that system works and you know and like you say looking at those different sort of cult-like sorts of methodologies yeah. Yeah, and it and yeah, and I think yeah. I think everything that we see is them sort of holding up a mirror that they refer to, you know, they act in all the ways that are, you know, typical of cult behaviour, and then they refer to the trans cults. They act in They're ways that are they act in ways that are distinctly anti woman and anti feminism, and then they accuse trans and gender non conforming people of being anti woman. They I'm just I... pose like Sorry. actual dangers of keeping pictures of kid, you know, kids on the phones and checking people's genitals over toilet doors and doing all sorts of other weird anti-safeguarding things. And then they accuse trans and queer people of being anti-safeguarding. And it's like, and it's that level of gaslighting of sort of like everything that they accuse trans people of doing and of being is behaviours that they are guilty of themselves and that sort of gaslighting projection is you know if you if you sit and sort of observe it from the outside it's like it's so clear but like the, like say that sort of power of especially when the media is concerned 
that that power of that constant messaging you know that yeah. really sort of holds that up that people you know if you repeat a lie often enough you know yeah, yeah, and that's like it sort of becomes I don't know. Yeah. I just wish yeah. If they're going to be a cult, why can't it just fucking end it like Heaven's Gate? <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I mean at some point they're gonna move on, but I think I think one of the things at the moment is you know, it's not ending anytime soon. We know that we've got an election later this year or at the latest early next year, and you know, one we can see them doing it that you know they bought. You know, enough of them have openly said that they are fighting the election on culture wars. You know, because they can't they can't fight it on the economy. They can't fight it on the health service. They've got you know they've got such rubbish records in pretty much all areas of society that they can't do that. So, so they are doing the arguments over trans people and asylum seekers because that's what they think is going to work as a strategy. And so we're sort of really knuckling in now for over the next year, we, it's only going to get worse. But I think, you know, we can sort of kind of, you know, we've seen it and sort of prepared it, prepared ourselves for it and try and protect the most vulnerable members of our community as, as best we can and try and minimise the impact from it. But we know that we've got at least another year of this before anything's gonna change because they they're so they're so invested in it in the in the run-up to the election period i mean we saw um i don't know if anyone was masochistic enough to watch the tory party conference unfortunately um i'd rather get waterboarded yeah yeah it was i wouldn't advise it um but professionally i needed to just sort of see what was being said and they had rishi sunak the prime minister was at least I know what a woman is making those, those sorts of transphobic comments. We had the health minister, because obviously there's no issue with underfunding of the NHS or waiting lists or anything else. The health minister's statement was about how they were going to exclude trans women from hospital wards. The education minister was obviously going on about gender um, RSE in schools and trans kids in schools. The science minister was going on about the woke science of gender ideology. They managed to crowbar trans people into every single area of policy. And it's like, you know, I speak to most of my trans friends and colleagues and family and service users and go, did you know that, like, you had such a great impact on running every single area of society? Like, I mean, personally... No, I'm just to go about um, my day. <laughs> you know, it's not... You know, it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous... <laughs> I have a running yeah, joke with it? my boyfriend that I'm a literal yeah. god. Mm. Uh, and I'm starting to believe that's actually true, by the way these fucking people act around me. Yeah. Act about me. My existence. my I'm clearly well, some sort well, of deity. You are running the world. You know, you are, you are in charge of taking over everything. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, and it's so... These, yeah, these, these people like, have never no, seen I mean, a bunch I of can... trans women try to organize, right? <laughs> because holy oh. fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, we yeah. managed that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, if I... I mean, I mean look, at, look I... where our current government, you absolutely yeah. couldn't do a worse job, so... <laughs> yeah. 
But it is, I, I mean, I think it is at the point where you almost have, you know, you've got to take the mick out of them just to maintain some sanity. That it is so yeah. oh. ridiculous. And you could, yeah, read. You yeah. could either be really depressed and angry and upset, and you know, we all have all of those things as well, understandably. Or you could just go, "This is a farce. This is so." Detached yeah. from reality, this is such nonsense, and calling out for the bullshit that it is. Um, look at you know, because it is, but it, but like I say, we don't, you know, like I say, I'm 42 years of age, I've got you know, I'm not a pensioner, but I've got a bit of life experience, and I'm sort of big enough and ugly enough that I've you know, I've got a bit of resilience. But we see, you know, taking it back to we work with young people, you know, yeah. and you're 13 years old, you haven't develop that yeah. resilience you haven't got got that and all you are seeing is you constantly having your existence questioned in the media that you're being told that you don't know who you are that you're not allowed in these spaces that you're a pervert that you're not natural that you're different and you're just hearing all these negative messages and we've got an absolute crisis of mental health and understandably and it's like you know we yeah. say you know lgbt people and specifically trans people have disproportionately poor mental health. But that's not because of anything inherent sort of biologically that being trans mess with the head. It's like if you stopped being arseholes to trans people, they'd probably be all right. You know, people people yeah. have poor mental health because they are being bullied and harassed and excluded and ostracised and demonised constantly. No one feels good about that. You know, so of course it's oh. perfectly understandable that people's mental health suffers. But we're seeing that in you know we're yeah. working every day with young people who are self-harming who are suicidal who are depressed who are anxious who and you're like that's not a fault in your mental functioning you know it's a no. reaction to the society around you you know how can you see that constant demonization and not be angry and not be obsessed and not be scared and not be depressed you know if anything no. that's showing that's that your mental absolutely. functions are working perfectly rationally <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I make sure to say this all the time. Like I, because of how I act on Twitter, I, uh, I will absolutely say vile shit to transphobes, and I will get vile shit told to me. I am lucky that I am either broken from earlier, or that I just, for some reason, I genuinely don't care. I don't give a fucking shit about them. Uh, I don't know why, and I find what I do funny. I find it actually funny to spar with these fucking losers. Uh, because I'm, once again, I'm a fucking terrible person. But uh, then, like, I, I make sure to always say that, like, if someone, if if it does hurt someone to be, like, misgendered by them, like, don't, please, stay off Twitter. Like, it's not bad that you are sensitive. It's not bad to be sensitive. It's not no. bad to be, like, feel sh like shit when they say things that are absolutely vile to you. If you are, if you can manage to like, because I try to take their time so they don't do it against someone who will actually get hurt by it. Yeah. Because like, I don't want them to cause a fucking suicide. Yeah, uh, I'm like, send, send your abuse to me. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. rather than I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'd rather you weren't sending abuse to anyone. Yeah. But if you're gonna do it, send it to someone who couldn't care less. Don't be sending it the to a kid who's gonna be. Uh, impacted by it 
Yeah, and that's... the funniest thing is when you, I notice my like insults back at them clearly having an effect at them on them, like, and they 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 start arguing like I should be a good person. Like, no, I that's not the case. That's not that's not the premise of this discussion. Uh, the premise of this discussion is that I'm going to try to make you feel like as much of shit as you try to make me feel, and I am apparently better than you at it. So, and it well, you know, and it's it's the it's the tolerance paradox, isn't it? That you know, you can't, yeah. you know, by, by its very nature, to be tolerant, you can't tolerate intolerance. You know, and that yeah. is... Like, for my... that That's also why I'm trying to be as clear as possible that my whole Twitter shtick is kind of like, no, I'm not trying to make the world better for good people, I'm trying to make the world worse for bad people. Like, this, yeah. And I'm not saying that's a healthy outlook, but it, it works yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm certainly. Yeah. You know, so, generally, I like to think of myself as a kind, nice, supportive person. Don't extend that to Nazis. You know, that's. No. You know, I don't think that makes me an intolerant, awful yeah. person. But you know, I don't think it should be controversial to say I don't think the Nazis are good guys, and I, and I don't particularly, you know, want to be sending them love and roses. You know, they're scum. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not going yeah. to. I'm not. I'm yeah, not going exactly. to send Go my. I'm not, uh, no, sorry, I cut you off. No, go on. Oh, I'm not going to have a fucking um, civil discussion like about. Saying, my, like, I think there's a delay or something. <laughs> no, go on. Okay. Go on, Max. Um, I'm not going to have a. I'm not going to have a civil discussion about my like the ifs and whens of my fucking impending genocide. No, mm. I'm going to call you a fucking piece of shit. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's bits of conversations to be had of like, okay, what's the, you know, how how should we operate these systems? What should referral pathways be? How should we update documents? You know, there's things to be discussed and there's someone's right to exist. That's not up for discussion, you know. Should should we have gender markers yeah. on documents at all? Exactly. Yes or no? Should we be able to have an X marker? Yes or no? You know, there are what how what systems do we need? How should those systems operate? There's that you know, there's obviously things to discuss. But yeah. should someone have a right to exist? That's not a discussion that I'm having. You know, that's not you know, and and that's yeah. where you sort of you know you you sort of draw the line. It's like how. How can we best support people? You know, what's the, you know, and, you know, taking it right back to the start of the conversation on schools is that's what we were we were looking for is schools were saying we could do with some guidance on how we could better support trans young people. What could we be doing? What could we be putting in place to how can we be operating to make this our, our environment a safer, more welcoming, more productive environment? What's the best way of doing that? We want some guidance on yeah. this. And they went well, this is everything that you can exclude people from and this is all the things that you don't have to do and this is what you, how you can get away with discriminating. It's like, well, that's not what we asked for. And fortunately, one that's thing like, that I would say is that the majority of the schools have gone, well, just because you've handed us a guidance on how we can get away with bullying kids, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. You know, the vast majority, I think we're in a different place. As, although we've drawn the similarities between now and what was happening with gay people in the 80s i think society has moved on a lot 
And the response to this is, okay, you've given us a guide to how to bully trans kids. We're not going to do that. In the 80s, yeah. when it was a, here, here's a, here, here's some rules that says that you don't have to include gay kids. They went, you know, the majority went, yeah, grand, we'll not do that then. You know, so I think there is, there's a, I think this time round, there's a lot more pushback. Um, you know, so people aren't just accepting that. So I think it's, it can be really difficult in the current climate to feel like we've moved on and to feel like that things have got better, but, but they have, um, you know, the transphobes that are a loud minority, but they are a minority and the majority of people don't. And, and I think trying to come back to that point of going, you know, the glinners of the world who are shouting into the void, the vast majority of people are not listening or they're, they're hearing what they're saying and going, that's nonsense and we don't agree with it, you know, and, and that can be especially online. Like if you you log on you log on to Twitter and it's nonce pedo weirdo danger to children <laughs> rah, 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 and it and it's constant. You walk out into yeah. the real, real world and that and not that it doesn't you know that it doesn't happen but it doesn't happen to that extent and it is you know we do say to young people that you know we can't say don't go on the internet that's not realistic it's so Im embroiled into our lives or. You know, certainly thinking about what platforms you're using, how you use them, and what you're engaging with. You know, if you do, if if arguing with a transphobe is going to cause you mental distress, don't do it. If you can brush it off and you can go, actually, I'm quite happy to tell them to f off and to have the row, and that's not going to impact me. Then you know, do do what do what's right for you. But it is about that, like yeah. you say, that protecting that if if being constantly misgendered is going to cause you mental distress, stay off Twitter. You know what I mean? It's not... Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and like, go, go on Instagram it's, it's instead. Not... It's, uh, yeah, well, go on, a yeah. You know, go on a different platform. It's not saying you have to stay away from the internet in, in its entirety because that can be really isolated. But, you know, think yeah. about the spaces that you go to in the same way that there's certain bars or venues that I wouldn't go to because I don't feel that they're welcoming spaces. They're just not my scene. I go to spaces yeah. where I feel welcome, you know, and, and I think sort of using your, it can be really difficult sometimes to not doom scroll and not to get embroiled in the arguments. But then I think there is a thing where of trying to sort of look after ourselves, look after each other and not, not allow them that, you know, mental no. impact, uh, yeah, you know, my, we, my, you know, do you know what? My, These transphobes have as much power as we give them. And if we go, do you know what? You are not relevant. We're not listening. And if you want to shout into the void, you knock yourself out. But, you know, you do, yeah. you are not relevant to my life. Like, could it just, just yeah. like when you end, if you enter a discussion with a transphobe or like on Twitter or anything, just remember that they are not arguing from a, like, on, from an honest place. And there is like, Twitter isn't a debate club, and anyone treating it like it is should fucking stop because it will only make you go mental when they start. Like, uh, it's very often that uh, the people I argue with start arguing against like a girl made out of straw that they dress in my clothes. Yeah, uh, and I then mean, you I, say that I that's, that's to, my opinions. On on a personal level, I tend to not directly interact with any of them because I, I just don't. You know, I'm not gonna let them use 
my platform to amplify theirs so I don't directly interact. If I see something that misinformation is being spread, I will correct that misinformation, but not directly to them. So, oh. you know, so someone's oh, post. So if I see that there's a lot, so like with the Gender Recognition Act, there were lots of people saying it did things that it doesn't do. So I was just, so I just did a post going, guys, it updates your birth certificate, it does, that's all it does, that's it. And I just posted some factual information to counteract, but I was like, I'm not going to get into a direct argument with one of them because it's not, yeah. you know, they're not, they're that's not the going to change the view. Yeah. I'm not going to amplify no, them into yeah. the, and, and also that, you know, I have, through the nature of my work, I have lots of young queer people who follow me. I'm not going to amplify hate into their timelines because no. I might not be That's personally good. impacted by it, but people who follow me might be. So I'm not going to put that into their view if it's not there already. Yeah, that's actually why I have yeah. like uh, why Trust I do it. the whole I'm a bad person shtick and stuff because I want to, I want the people who would be harmed by me like signposting that shit, I, I, they they shouldn't follow me, like that's yeah. basically just like, I, the, the, it's not a yeah, good place, only, yeah, uh, only... but it's fun for those who can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um the only the only time I I ever. I don't want to say intervene because that's a bit of a strong word. The only time I ever, you know, pop my head in, so to speak, and like one or two turfs pile on to someone, whether regardless of whether, regardless of whether they're a part of the community or not, that's when I chime in and I'm like, I I su survey the thread, I do a quick catch up of what's being said, and. That's when I chime in and I defend that person or I stick up for them if they can't handle it or it's <coughs> too much. That's the only time. And then that's when it usually they end up turning on me and I tell them to fuck off. Yeah. Because I'm one not, of the things that I'm not dealing with it. And they tell you you'll never be a real woman. that I like yeah. on Twitter um, is that there's. Yeah. Uh, GC alert. So there's a, there's a Twitter account that just posts an alert when the transphobes are piling on, and they have a there's a pile on here. Don't engage directly with the transphobes. Just ignore and block them. But this person, this account might benefit from here and some positivity. And so because you don't know who's on the receiving end of that pile on, and that they can oh. you know, and they're sat there. And it feels like the whole world's against them. And so they direct people to go, look, this account's getting a pile on. Go and show them some love. Go and show them some positivity. And, you know, don't yeah. don't waste your time arguing with the TERFs. <laughs> or, you know, let that, let that person yeah. know that there are people who are on their side. And I think that is quite a positive way of counteracting stuff. Because, you know, we yeah. know, you know, someone sat there reading just this constant barrage of hate and you don't know what that person's mental state is and actually no. someone just logging on and going look just ignore all that not everyone thinks like that people are on your side and just and just seeing some of those messages might make the difference to 
someone who's that in, is... in mentally not in a good place. And I can tell you, like, yeah. that is honestly really appreciated when that happens. Like, it it happens to me because I am getting piled on a lot, but I I seek it out because, like, I don't know, I it's a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> I am who I am. Um, but uh, whenever, sometimes people will like, "Hey, you're doing okay?" Like I, I see you're dealing with these fucking vultures right now. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. But it's always nice when that happens. Yeah. So it's always appreciated. Like even if, like the worst thing is that the worst thing that can happen is that they don't get hurt by the pylon and yeah. at best you will actually like save someone from really really big harm so yeah, yeah. do it send love to people yeah and i think that's yeah, positive. and i think it is that like you know the social media gets a bad rep because you know because of all the hate on there but also for a, a huge number of people and particularly the young people that we work with that can be their only connection to community that can be their only connection to information to you know that there's lots of positives you know that social media is just a tool and it depends how you use it you know you can use a you can use a knife to cut a slice of cake or to stab someone you know a knife is yeah, not exactly. inherently a bad thing you know it's what you do with it and it's the same with and it's the same with social media that social media can be an incredibly positive force for good and it can also be incredibly damaging and harmful but it's not social media in yeah. itself. It's how it's used, you know, and that is, you know, because we do see some people have the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, this is impacting people's mental health and it's all bad and it's all the hate and you should just come off it completely. And you're like, but then they, but then people would lose all the positive aspects for it. And particularly for yeah, like, small... It's, it's important for queer people. people. Yeah, that like for a lot of queer people, that might be their only connection to you know i i grew up in a in a in a big city and to be fair i've still you know obviously a lot of years ago but it still was quite i didn't know knowingly know any other queer people you know yeah. and then i had you know it wasn't even wasn't even my space it was predating vampire freaks was mine where all the um there's an old social media old social media for um goth kids <laughs> and mm. so i i, I, I remember I that on, one I was on Vampire Freaks with too much eyeliner on, looking very moody. Um, but that was where... Sounds you know, like same shit I did. Is where I found community when I didn't yeah. knowingly know any other queer people in real life. Turned out I knew quite a few. There were quite a few of us who were in the closet who came out later in life. But we didn't know yeah. that at the time. You know, and that, and I think that's quite a common experience. But... You know, so people go, oh no, there's there's all this sort of online hate. Tech, get rid of it, but you you might be cutting off that person's only form of support. You know, so it's yeah, it's yeah, trying exactly. to get the, the balance there. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. It's like you know, when um, obviously like like you say, Heather, you you work with um, young children who are vulnerable. You know, they go, they may suffer with depression, suicidal thoughts, and that sort of stuff. So they are vulnerable. I don't work with vulnerable. I say, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say work because I, I support people with mental health. I run a Facebook group where I support people. 
have a Facebook page where I raise awareness on mental health. So I'm, I'm open about my mental health issues, right? I mean, I, ha- I have it in my Twitter bio, for fuck's sake, right? I can take that heat, right? Like, do you want to come for me because I'm bipolar? Okay, fair enough. It just shows that you're a massive dickhead, but okay, if that's your cheap shot, go ahead. I can handle that. Right? But like you said, other people who may follow me for whatever reason, I don't know why, but they do, I may be that only, I may only, I may be that only support or whatever the case may be. And it's like, I'm very, I'm very careful with what I say and how I say things. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't blocked like half a million. I blocked like two thousand turfs. I've only had my account for two years. It's like, and you're right. Well, that, that, like, that, mine is fifteen years old, so it is. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. So, so it's considerable. Yeah. <laughs> But I've never been able to keep an account for a right. year. <laughs> yeah, man, but it, it has that little join date, doesn't it? Just on your bio in two thousand and nine. I've had my yeah. account since uh, September two thousand and twenty-three. Yeah. I think I started mine, and it's probably going to go to the grave soon. But that's that's because I get deleted all the time. So yeah, I've yeah. somehow like I don't. Yeah. I don't understand, like, Twitter's not the real world. Like, in the real world, like, you know, through work and stuff, like, people know that. But, like, I'll go on Twitter and there's, like, 120,000 people on there. And you're like, that's not, like... I walk down the street, people don't know who I am. Like, you know, that's not... No. I, I'm yeah. just, but I, just, I just spend too long on the internet. <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 we're on a podcast, so chances yeah. are all of us do. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's yeah. a fair point. I did once yeah. that made me really, really uneasy. The only time, just because some people obviously just look at numbers, and I occasionally get sent sort of influencer thing, which I hate the word influencer. I think it's awful. And the only time I've ever done one, um, whenever they've been sent to me, I've gone, no, that's not, you know, it's not my thing. I'm not going to, you know, look at my content. I'm not going to review your moisturiser or whatever crap it is you send me. Yeah. The only time I did one was um, as part of it was um, for National AIDS Day and they were doing a push on the home testing kits. And I did a live stream of doing a fingerprint um, instant result HIV test. And I was like, actually, I'm quite happy to do that because that's something that's got a positive, you know, impact if you can encourage people to do that. Um, But that's the only time. And I was like, and I was like, but if you describe me as an influencer, I'm not doing it because it just makes me sound like a wanker. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I fucking I hate, hate that, that term as well. I hate that term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's um, also like it, it sounds. It sounds fucking evil. Uh, I yeah. actually uh, back. I'm not right now. I have a ninety, oh, follow, <laughs> eighty. Sorry, I have an eighty follower Twitter account, and I run this. Uh, I co-host this podcast. Like it. It's. I'm not a famous person. I did have like a minor case of internet celeb thing going when I was back. Like I was 16 or 18 or somewhere around that. 
uh, I, I accidentally lucked into like having a few thousand followers on a community in Sweden, uh, which was the worst time of my life. By the way, fucking hated being uh, having. It, it, they grew a cult of personality, and it made me awkward about amassing followers. But anyway, my point being, I had a bunch of people like sending because I just did like bitter texts about drugs and shit. And then people send me like, "Do you want to be sponsored by us?" Like, all I do is talk about narcotics and people I think who are cunts. I don't get why you, what, what are you selling where that would be appropriate? Yeah, like unless you're actually so, trying to get so, for coke. It's, it's so weird as like an alternate reality. I I've only had one experience of a tweet going viral that got several thousand. Sort of likes, and it was me telling Donald Trump to fuck off. <laughs> he he posted a message when he did the um, he did a visit to the UK and did his usual delusional. You know, I went to the UK and people lined the streets to welcome me, and I just posted some of the pictures of the protest banners, um, you know, and and just posted a couple of the pictures and just put yeah. people lined the streets to tell you to fuck off, not to welcome you. And yeah. then didn't really think anything of it. And then woke up the next day and I was like, my phone had just gone absolutely insane. And I was like, all oh, right, that's got 20,000 likes, has it? That's just rendered my Twitter unusable for the foreseeable. That's, <laughs> that that's was, my fucking nightmare. But, Jesus Christ. But, but yeah, so, <laughs> so if, if, if you yeah. don't want to have that level of uh, things, apparently don't, don't directly tweet Donald Trump. Um, was the lesson that I um, learned from that one. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I stand by it, but it was um, it yeah. was intense. It was a... an intense couple of days. <laughs> one of my funniest pylons was well, actually when um, uh, Glenna decided to quote tweet me and got one of my accounts deleted because I posted a fucking Hello Kitty meme. It's ridiculous. He was standing next to a guillotine, the... but. Yeah. But like he said I threatened him violently. I didn't I didn't do that. I said he should go the way of the French royals. I didn't say I would do it to him. No. And I, and I, and I think the thing is as well that you know, in sometimes you can have general rules of oh don't engage or you know certain things that they might pick up on that are more likely to get jumped on than others. But yeah. I think as well the risk you know, I've said about the positive, but some of the risks with it is that you don't necessarily know what they'll pick up on. So um, oh, no. the only time that I've got really mass hate um, actually didn't come from the transphobes because I, I'm pretty good at blocking them. Um, but I evidently hadn't blocked all the Nazis. And there was um, a time when there was a demonstration down at Dover where the fascists were all doing the immigrants go home and the human beings who were decent people were going, no, refugees, welcome here, Nazis aren't. And I posted as one of my sort of 20 posts that day, along with pictures of my cat and what I'd have for breakfast and the usual crap that you post online. I posted a quite neutral, fluffy tweet that just said, um, solidarity with the people today down in Dover standing up against racism i didn't say oh while you're down there you bunch of nazis chuck yourselves off the cliffs or anything like that it was a fairly innocuous sort of you know 
solidarity stands against racism, didn't think anything of it, woke up the next day to, not to the same extent as the Donald Trump one, but to 100 or so notifications, and there'd basically been one neo-Nazi that had spotted my tweet and replied to it, and then all of his followers had piled on. And I had death threats, rape threats, graphic photos of decapitated bodies. And you're like, all I said was, you know, I don't agree with racism, which, you know, shouldn't be controversial. You know, and so... Uh, so there is controversial that to be racist well for some of, reason. Of, yeah, ex- exactly. But there is that thing of going, I hadn't directly tagged anyone in. I hadn't been particularly aggressive. I'd not... So I'd done all. So I think there is that thing of going that you can do all of those things and use it as safely as possible, and there is always that that risk as well. I mean, one thing you know, we were talking about. Um, we had a hate crime conference a couple of months ago, um, yeah. where we were talking about sort of responding to anti-LGBT hate, and the level of things that we've normalised now that. I stood up doing the sort of welcoming talk at that conference. And as part of that talk, one of the things that I mentioned was I said, I genuinely don't know how many death threats I've had, like, because I've just I've just lost count. And I was like, but no one. But when you think when you take a step back and think about that, no one should ever have to say that. You know, how can you have had so many death threats that you've lost count? I. All I, I know that I had one person who I don't know this person at all. <laughs> like, I've never, to my knowledge, met them in real life. But I have one person who sent me over 400. So I know that it is over 400. <laughs> um, how much more? I don't know. And and like I say, I'm, I'm very similar to you in that, Max, in terms of, you know, send me your rubbish. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. bothered by it. You know, I've heard worse and... You know, you're lacking in, you know, someone sends me a message saying like, oh, I'm going to F you up. And you're like, I'm like, mate, yeah. I've got a 17 page graphic torture fantasy. Here. You're not even trying. <laughs> you know, it's like, and and that is, yeah. you know, but it, but, but it is awful. Like if you are a queer person, a person of colour, a woman, anyone that yeah. the sort of Nazis hate, there is a risk that you are going to get shit on the internet. And that is, yeah. you know, and there is that sort of thing of balancing of going like, okay, here's all of the safety things that you can put in place and try and protect yourself. But also there is that sort of reality that that is a risk, you know, and how do you, yeah. how do you handle that if that does happen? You know, and what do you do? What do you have in place if that happens? You know, are you yeah. okay? I don't know these people, and they can fuck off. <laughs> or is that yeah. going to impact you? And you know, what do you have in place if that is something that would impact you? How do you look after yourself in that? You know, because a lot, obviously, a lot of the work that we do is around mental well-being support and is around that safety. And it's, I mean, it's really sad. We, I was talking to one of our funders the other day and talking about and saying, as a youth organisation, we should be doing all these nice positive well-being activities enrichment things they should be sort of additional bonus things but it was like do you know what we're doing at the moment is we're basically just trying to keep them alive like yeah. you know so sods like getting them you know of course we will do the additional stuff and try and give them extra extra skills and 
positive, healthy relationships, activities and, you know, cultural experiences and all this. But ultimately, we are working at a base level because of the level of hate in society currently that we are making sure that that doesn't impact them to a level where, you know, I, I count as a success. If we get to the end of the year and we have all of the young people that were alive at the start of the year are still alive, then in the current yeah. climate, I count that as success. And that's a really, really poor baseline to have. But it is the reality of the situation that we're operating in at the moment. Yeah. And all of our and all of our young people, yeah. just to say all of our young people are still alive, you know, that is um yeah, you know, boring. boring. Yeah, it's yeah, January. I'm gonna, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um speak for Max. Thank you. But when I whenever Whenever I when I when I first heard about the trans guidance, my immediate thought went to Brianna Gay, Brianna Dry, mm. and her family, and I was thinking, yeah. you really, really do not give a shit, do you, about these kids? And I was like, okay. Well, then, at least in my opinion, there are, um, you know, charities like, say it, like Stonewall or Mermaids, uh, who are trying to make a difference, whilst you are playing God with people's lives. And And I think this, again, shows the, you know, the conflict in what they say they stand for and what they do. Like you've got, <coughs> you've got, you've got these transphobes who say, "Oh, but we're protecting women, we're protecting children." And it's like, well, you spend for people who are concerned about protecting women and children, you spend an awful lot of time being dicks to women and children. But Brianna case was yeah. a real case in point that you know so many of them were gleefully following her death, were gleefully misgendering her, dead naming her, you know, oh, it's so sad that this boy lost his life, but you shouldn't engage in his delusions. And I'm like, a child is dead. Can you take a day off? You know, that's, I, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I, and I, I, and I think um, that did show a lot of them. If, if anyone was under any illusions as to their position, seeing the response to that, I think really took the mask off a lot of them and yeah. as horrible as it was uh, to see i think there were people who went no actually you've crossed the line now yeah I, i'm just going to like quickly yeah. on the brianna thing because i can't talk about it for too long because it makes me so fucking angry yeah. uh that's one uh, of the few things that i like i had to take off all of the like I had to mute that fucking name uh, on Twitter because I couldn't deal with it because it just made me pissed yeah. because I have kids that age. Like, uh, kids, like, like uh, I have students. My students are her age. Yeah. And uh, I would fucking ruin your life if that was my students you were talking about, you yeah. fucking cunts. Uh, second thing, um, yeah. what it, uh, I was... Um, uh, about the... Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, we were... There was a... Fuck you. Uh, sorry, uh, Heather, you said something that got me thinking about some about um, 
but I can't remember what it was now. I kind of lost track. On 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 the Brianna. Yeah, or... you, something you said just now. I uh, about it showing a lot of the transphobes in their sort of true light of you know for I think you yeah. know the, in the wake of a child's death that they would you know that they were gleefully misgendering and dead naming and that a lot of people yeah. who I think did show them some support were like actually you've crossed the line at that you know for me they crossed the line yeah. a lot earlier before that point but I think I think that was a tipping point for some people that were like okay yeah. we could we could go along with you with your toilets nonsense we could go along with you with you know a lot of your other stuff but actually what we're watching now is you bullying the family of a dead kid and that's too much and so I think yeah, like that did lose support for for them yeah and i hope like that's how how much of a piece of fucking shit are you if you do yeah. that like how how can you like, when you wake up in the mirror and when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror how do you not like oh this is me i i live my life i have to fucking end it like how yeah. do you not do that because like yeah how and miserable I, and I think and I think the word, and I think that was one almost difficult to say positive thing, but one thing that, came, like, say, that did come out of it that you've got yeah. people who maybe agree with them up to a point where they're like, yeah. yeah, do you know what? I will never fully view a trans woman at the same way I would view a cis woman. I'll never fully accept a trans woman as a woman, or I wouldn't bully the, the grieving mother of a dead child, you know, whether I. Whether I fully yeah. acknowledge a trans woman's womanhood or not, that's that's too much for me, you know. Yeah, and like, so I think is... I think they lost support from their own camp through doing that. It I wish yeah. it hadn't taken the murder of a child for that to happen. Or no, would have would have been nice. Uh, mm. And also, like, yeah, it was her because they they do this whole shit like. Uh, they pretend to care about like parental rights, of course, because they yeah. want per uh, kids to be like property of the parents, which is a fucked thing on its own. But that's for another day. Uh, and then they like clearly go against the wishes of the parents. Yeah, just be like, like yeah, because her parents, the parents were clear. Her their identity and were you know yeah. very public in doing so. So there was no uncertainty as to her parents views that they were you know no. they were they were on national media talking about the loss of their daughter and yeah and then yeah. there were arseholes on the internet going you mean son and you're like yeah. really no they meant daughter yeah like i don't care if yeah. you agree that trans women are women or not like i would prefer you did uh but yeah. <laughs> i don't care if you in don't do that. Just yeah. That, like, where do we draw the line? There, there. That you can draw the line yeah. there, right there, if you want to. Like, just don't do that. Yeah. Fucking and I, waste and I of think life. That, you know, and I think if, like, like I say, if anything, you know, I yeah. don't think anything. Ultimately, I don't think anything good comes from a from a child being dead because a child is dead. And that is, or like I say, I think that did rightfully yeah. lose them some force. Um you know, but yeah. that's 
you know, but because I think there is that bit of, you know, there's not respect, but there's almost a bit where it's like, do you know what? Don't hide behind, oh, I'm protecting women or protecting children. Oh, I'm a feminist. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I'm whatever. You know, say it with your chest. You know, say, do you know what? Yeah. I I just I just fundamentally don't like trans people. I find them icky. Oh, yeah. It grosses me out. And say and That's... say what you mean, and let people judge you on on that. Yeah. And people I'm so glad will you... agree with you or not. But say but say it with your chest. Don't hide behind. Yeah. You know, don't I've pretend just... to be a feminist or pretend to be a Christian or pretend to be protective oh. women and children. But you're not. You know, at least be honest. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you mentioned that because, like, I have, I have this. Um, uh, sure, I I don't like transphobia, of course. No. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. It impacts my life in a negative way. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, the, if there's something I hate more, it's this kind of fucking cowardice. Yeah, like because I have some wildly controversial views when it comes to like Swedish politics. Uh, that kind of happens when you're an anarchist, but like you, I don't, I I don't hide them. I bolster. I, I I stand behind them. Like I I have views that make people consider me a fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and fine, I don't care. But like at least I don't pretend that it's something that's not. I don't know why they have such a hard time just saying yes, I'm a transphobe. Just fucking yeah. do it. Yeah, like just yeah, yeah, and that and that is the thing. It's like say, you know, and that is the bit where you know we were talking earlier about Posey Parker because I think she is the exception because she is, she you know I think I think she is a vile, despicable yeah. human being. I'm not supporting her, but she she's probably the only one of them that I've seen who I think does say it with her chest. I think she goes, yeah, I'm she not does. a feminist. I just, I just. I just don't like trans people. And it's like, do you know what? That's a vile point of view, but at least you're honest. At least you're saying... Yeah, and it, and it kind know, of makes a bulletproof in a weird a, way because a, of it. Horrid point like, of view, but, it's, but you're honest about it. Yeah. And that kind of makes you... <laughs> I've noticed that actually does make you even more bulletproof in some weird way. Like I do that yeah. with with the whole like I'm a bad I'm not a I'm not a trans activist I'm a bad person shtick. Like the thing that that does is that they can they can't kind of point me to anything They're like oh what you're doing right now isn't being tolerant but like no of course not I'm being a bad person I told you and uh, yeah that can have has the same effect on like Kelly J Keen or <laughs> what is her name. I'm sorry, for someone who doesn't think we should have preferred names, what the fuck is her name? Yeah. Kelly Why does she have two of them? Sorry. Her full name is Kelly J. Kelly Mitchell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Parker. Yeah, well, I prefer to go by Max, so... And she doesn't want that, so... Uh, but like Kelly J. Keane, she kind of am she, as a she she as a person, and uh, not she in her like let women speak because those are failures if I've ever seen ones. But she, she herself is kind of bulletproof. Yeah. Like anything, she she 
Because she owns it in that sense. Like in a yeah. weird way, she's rhetorically bulletproof. Yeah. And that and that is it. It's like yeah. she, she doesn't hide behind and it's like, do you know what? This is my view. Like it or dislike it. I dislike it. Um yeah. but it but it's those and I, and I think we've seen I think as well that the going back to that sort of Nazi ideology is mm. people attach that people with odious views attach themselves to a cause that they see as uncontroversially unarguable. So we had um, in England, we had a racist group called Britain First, and you would see their social media saying, you know, look at this poor, abused, malnourished, scabby dog. If you think this is wrong, yeah. join Britain First. It's like, well, why? You're not an animal rights organisation. You're a bunch of racists. But they would try and... For that 99.9% of the population disagree with abusing animals. So they would try to attack that to a popular cause. The majority of people think that women and children's safety is a good thing. So you've got these transphobes trying to attach themselves to women and children's safety because then if you argue against them, then you're presented, well, you're anti-woman or you're anti-child safety. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm anti-transphobia. But but it makes it if they if they attach themselves to what is perceived to be an unarguable cause, then they throw that back at you. We had it in um yeah. I live in Rotherham and we had um a child abuse um scandal here that wasn't dealt with. And this particular one happened to be a group of Asian men and all the racists like it's it was the racist stay out. We had like thirteen far right marches in a year. They were all over it. Amazingly enough, didn't mm. care about the abuse in the Catholic Church or the BBC or the vast majority of pe of child abuse that is co co committed by white men. Um, but they yeah. jumped all over this because it was Asian men. And anyone who challenged their racism, they were like, "Oh, will you support child abuse then?" And it was like, "No." child abuse is very clearly wrong or I oppose racism uh, and so and that and uh, that is very much a tactic that we've seen used by the far right that we're seeing being used by by TERFs and transphobes and that is uh, when they try to deny their connections with the far right it's like okay well you might not be down at your local BMP rally or you are certainly there are certain sectors of transphobic movements who are very much palling about with far-right people. And even if you're not oh, yeah. making those direct associations, you are very much using their methodologies. So even if you are not part of a far-right Even the terminology is fucking degeneracy. Yeah. But, you are, but you're taking their methods and you are operating in the way that they operate, yeah. even if yeah. you're not directly palling up with them. I'm sorry, I just got to say... Uh, because I was like, I broke down from laughter in the middle of that, and that sound that sounds really weird. But it was because of something you said, which was, you're not an animal rights uh, organization; you're a bunch of racists, and that sounds like the worst marketing line <laughs> in the world. <laughs> like, yeah. not a not not an animal's rights organization; a bunch of racists. Yeah. It's not porn; it's HBO. Uh, yeah, um, and, uh, I'm sorry. That's why I was also, uh, because I looked like a fucking psychotic when I started laughing at what you were talking about. But it's just <laughs> that, that wording got on my brain. 
Yeah. Otherwise, I completely yeah. agree with everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. As um, you know, as a survivor of child abuse, that really pisses me off when they when they use that. It's like mm. so clearly you don't give a fuck about anything because you're clearly happy that a child has suffered one of the most abusive forms of abuse that can ever happen. Yeah. And if I hear this one more fucking time on Twitter, I, I swear, I'm probably going to explode. Abuse. And this is, is one of the things with God. This is one of the things going back to the school's gardens that we fundamentally take an issue with because obviously as a, as a youth organisation, safeguarding and protection of young people is absolutely core to what we do. And one of the really dangerous things in the gardens is that it suggests that trans young people who come out at school, the schools should inform their parents. Now, for those young people oh, who have support, for those young people who have supportive parents, the parents are going to know before the school. You know, they will have already had yeah. that conversation. Or if you've got a young person who is disclosed at school and is saying, please don't tell my parents, there is probably a good reason for that. And we still yeah. see that there are, amongst LGBT young people and disproportionately trans young people, there are higher rates of abuse in the home. There are higher right. rates of homelessness from being kicked out of home. There, for some yeah. communities, there are risks of honour-based violence and forced marriage. There are higher rates of sexual abuse. And so this directly flies in the face of safeguarding. And, you know, so this is something that is, you know, some of the guidance is unpleasant and unhelpful and rude and ignorant and, you know, and that and that's not good. But that no. particular aspect for some young people could put them in direct risk of harm. You know, and so yeah, uh, people, the transphobes who are saying that they care about safeguarding. If you care about safeguarding, you should be objecting to this because even whether or not you agree with gender ideology or you know, or you will ever view a trans woman as a woman, or you know, if you know that that action could place someone at risk of physical harm, then we should not be doing it. And if you and if there is an ounce of you that actually cares about safeguarding then even if you support all of the other bits, you should be opposing that. You should be opposing yeah, and this, direct risks of harm. This pisses me off so fucking much as well, because yeah, like as, totally as, a, as a teacher, I have like I've had students come to me and like they like I, I feel like this, I feel like that, I feel like that. And we've talked about it. And they do that sometimes because I'm like in some of my students' lives, I'm the adult that they meet the most. Yeah. Uh, like I'm uh, the person that I, I I I'm like in some cases closer to them than their parents and stuff because they don't see their parents much or whatever for whatever reason. Like that's a teacher's kind of job outside of the actual like education stuff. Um, and if a, some of them has also come to me to because they need. To, they want to tell their parents, but they haven't re reached that point. So they tell like me because I'm easier to tell. Yeah. Uh, if I then had to, like, regardless of if it's positive or negative, if I then had to 
tell the parents what they said. First and foremost, you've just robbed the child of that ability to like decide for themselves, and fuck you for that. Uh, and second of all, I'm stealing a very important moment for them when they get to tell their parents in that case. Like, it's it's fucked in like simple ways as well. Like, yeah, this absolutely could end with someone like at the end of a fucking news, but it's also like tiny things that you just take from them, and that's fucked. Yeah, and it, and even if you're not placing them at that, you know, at that level of sort of physical harm, you know, yeah. I look at my own youth, and I. I knew that I was queer when I was about seven. I didn't come out until I was 18 and I'd moved away from university and I'd safely put 70 miles between myself and my parents. And I don't think for one moment they would have beaten me up or thrown me out. Do I think that they would have been quite awkward about it? That there would have been some difficult conversations that my home life wouldn't have been as comfortable for a period of time? and that that would have impacted my mental health, that I would have potentially fucked up my exams. You know, so even for people who aren't at the, you know, that high-risk end of the scale of, you know, like, say, I wouldn't have been beaten up or thrown out, or, you know, that would have been my GCSEs and A-levels failed. It would have been a lot of, you know, awkwardness at home. But... Yeah, ultimately, and like no take away that agency and that choice from someone to have that conversation when they are ready to have that conversation. You know, they might, yeah. you know, and actually their parents might be really supportive, but they're just not ready to have the conversation yet. And that's fine, you know, to have the conversation at whatever point is right for you, or to not have it if it's not, you know, it's not, there's no prescribed time. And parents who are supportive, like say, either they already know. Or they will be completely happy for their young person to come to them at a point when they are ready and they wouldn't want them to be forced to have the conversation before they're ready to. You know, so we're not talking about the good parents here. We're talking about, because the good parents, it wouldn't apply to. We're talking about, you know, notoriously for anyone who has worked in education and youth services and safeguarding, you know, we know that the the family home is not always a place of safety for young people, you know, oh, and no. that is, you know, and for some people, you know, it's for some young people, it is a long way from it, or we wouldn't have social services and, you know, all of the agencies that were doing that support. Yeah. Obviously, Torrin, you spoke about your own um, personal experience. And I'm sorry that you, you know, that you experienced that and that, yeah. you know, so we know that, you know, that parents are not automatically that you know a, a, a place of safety and that yeah. you know and that is something that for those of us who work with young people work with every day because we're supporting people who you know who aren't in safe homes or have left homes because they, they were unsafe you know so that yeah. is you know really really yeah. goes against and i think that's the core sort of do you know what be rude if 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 you must insist on being rude to someone, be rude to someone. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going to yeah. judge you for it, or you're not necessarily going to place someone at harm. Or when oh. going back to that, where do you draw the line? The bit that we absolutely yeah. cannot allow is putting people directly in the line of harm's way. Yeah, and especially children. I'm just going to fuck yeah them. because these these little fucks claim to care about the kids. 
and then they're the ones who like support yeah. conversion therapy. Fuck you. You are the child abusers. I will not I I'm not fucking playing around on this one. You Yeah, and that's you know, garbage. and that's you know, the risk of conversion practices because in the UK that's I don't know what the legal situation is in Sweden, but in the UK conversion practices are still legal. Yeah, I I reacted when you said yeah, that prior. Yeah, it was fucked. Uh, I don't know either. I I think they're illegal here, but like there are many many loopholes, and I do not trust our laws. Yeah, I'm going. But, but we've actually. Uh, I mean, we've uh, we've reported cases of conversion practices taking place, and yeah, both to yeah. safeguard and to the police. And the response that we've been met with is, "Yeah, that's really terrible. It shouldn't be happening." But we have very limited legal powers to do anything about it. So generally, the response that we get is that they want to be able to do and they will do what they can, but their powers are limited. So until we actually, um, there, there is a conversion practices bill that's going through the commons at the moment. Um, uh, but because our legal system is um, fucked, um, yeah. it's going to rely on we need 100 MPs to turn out and vote for it on a Friday afternoon. And most of our MPs don't hang out in the Commons on a Friday afternoon because they're getting the train back to their own constituencies for the weekend. So there's a good chance that it's going to fall because we can't get the bums on seats because of how it's been timetabled. <laughs> and you're like, this is... So at the moment, there's a, there's an active campaign from the UK, um, from the England Bank Conversion Therapy Coalition, who are contacting every local MP going, look, I know you wouldn't normally be there, but please, can you just stay late on, on Friday and, and stay for this one because it's really important. Um, but it but it's messed up that that's what it's going to come down to in the UK legislation is to whether or not MPs want to get on a handy train on Friday afternoon or not. Was it this Friday? Um, no, it's the first of March, so it's about it's about a month away. So at the moment that people are doing, they contact yeah. the MPs, um, do you know, trying to convince them that you know, which potentially there's an election coming up. If the MPs feel like oh, this could be a vote winner for me, they might yeah. do it. So there is a chance. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah. It's abhorrent that it is still legal here. I love the fact that I kind of hate the fact that we're I don't love the fact I kind of hate the fact that we're um, kind of like wishing on the politicians' lack of integrity here. Yeah, that it there is almost that bit of going. Do you know what? I might lose my seat at the next election, and this could this yeah. might win me a few extra votes. And do you know what? If that's what you know, we yeah, need yeah, to do. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, it, I it, hope people. We've got to, you know, yeah. that the, there's an element of you know the system is messed up. But sometimes you've just got to go. Okay, that's the system that we've got, and we need to. Yeah, yeah, to work yeah, it. absolutely. It's too important yeah. to not. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to have to keep tabs on this because Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, yeah, conversion so we'll, therapy yeah. is torture, and I will not 
be pretending like they're not child abusers and anyone who supports it, which means any turf, by the way, because any turf supports conversion therapy, mm-hmm. uh, are actively helping child abuse. You fucking monsters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, not, I, I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in the in the height of the um conversion therapy era because I could even though I was born in the five I actually grew up in the nineties. So I vividly remember, even though I was a kid, I vividly remember uh section twenty eight. And yeah. for the most part we're still the, the community is still largely still facing the repercussions of that still to this yeah. day. I, I, you know, we're going to see the impact of Section 28 ultimately until that generation has yeah. passed. Like, you know, yeah. I yeah. I looked back, you know, we're, like I said, we're, we're doing a talk pass this week and I was, you know, <clears> people were saying, what, you know, what sort of impact do you, did it have on you? But I, I feel that Section 28 robbed me of being a teenager because I, because it yeah. wasn't spoken about, because there wasn't any education. And I didn't come out till, and I know some people don't come out till much later, but I didn't come out till I'd moved away from home and I'd turned 18, by which point I was dealing with work and university and paying rent and doing adult things. And I didn't get to have that, you know, be 13, 14 years old and go out with someone for a week and then be the love of my life and be heartbroken and do the teenage dramas and do the do the dating and do all that stuff. And I'll always feel that Section 28 robbed me from being able to be a teenager. And uh, yes. you'll never, I can't, you know, I have, I have my, yeah. my moments, but you can't, I can't be a teenager again now in my 40s. You know, that time has gone. I had the, I had a window of a few years where yeah. I could be a teenager and I wasn't allowed to be. And, and I think I'm as professional of a teenager as I can, but I still have to work. Yeah, you know, I've got yeah, I've got bills and adults nonsense, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, you get you get those sorts of few years as a teenager where you have that bit of freedom, and for a whole generation of queer people, yeah. that was taken away from us. Yeah, that's yeah. Fucked. Uh, I'm going to have to pop off uh, about now yeah. because I'm going to have to go, um, like, uh, think... get ready for bed and stuff. Yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm that, yeah, that was um, probably the same. No, me yeah. neither. I just sort of, I just saw what, what time it was here. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. So you know, but I think we'll leave it, leave it there. Hey, it's been great. Um, <clears throat> I wanna, yeah, uh, I wanna say that if the listeners when when this eventually goes out um if you are interested in a part two and heather wants to come back on at some point for like a part two to discuss other stuff then that could be something great that we could look into but i think if you want us to actually get to the school stuff yeah, I think we've taken up it off of your time, and obviously Max has obviously got work in the morning, so I think you know, we'll leave it there. Um, I will 
put the links down below to uh, Heather's Twitter, uh, say, it, say, say It, and her um, columnist work as well. And yeah, so until next time, we will see you all soon, guys. Bye. Bye, all. End the recording, Bye. and then I will also.